Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Hey, it's Wednesday night. We're all here again, two weeks in a row. This is like a new record, guys. That's good. And I can proudly say I remember to cast this on the ra- the rant. Oh, we're on the I, rant. Yes, I have forgotten uh, since we just started using the uh, the streamyard uh, that I should probably still be putting this on the rant, just in case. There were some people living in, you know, a cave, and they didn't have access to uh, a, a computer screen, a laptop screen. They couldn't see our lovely faces. They could at least hear our lovely voices. Well, I love it. Uh, we haven't, I haven't really been plugging the rant because <laughs> I didn't know if we were still broadcasting on it. But so, happy you know, to be on the rant. It's okay, Ann. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I worry about it. Who else is in their pajamas tonight? Hi, I am. I'm halfway. Oh. I got my jeans oh, on. You got your what? I have jeans on for some reason. I should have switched into sweats. I've well, been we doing have a commercial the like, break. As soon as yeah, I'll switch into sweats at the commercial break. It's getting dark so much earlier that I've been doing the like as soon as I'm done walking. Buster for his last walk of the day. I'm like, boom, in sweatpants <laughs> immediately. And not tonight. How are you, fellas? Great, great. We got some new people tuning in. We got J J Shell. Nicole. Hey. First time watching. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Mrs. Money's here. Hi, Mrs. Hello. Money. Hell yeah. What kind of Rob Humphrey wants to know what kind of psycho wears jeans at home. It's a great question, Rob. This psycho. Normally, I don't. I don't know why I didn't switch out of jeans. I had a very like every minute scheduled day, and so I was like, I walked in my door with Buster at eight oh one. So I think I just like sat down and didn't even think to get changed uh, between like on commercials or anything because everything was so busy today. But. I will be changing out the commercial break because why not be cozy? Why not be warm and cozy and curl up with some wrestling talk, y'all? Now, I don't want to be the guy, but I'm going to. If we we're looking for views, we need subscribers. If you're going to get change, Kate. (laughs) If you're not going to OnlyFans it, you might as well give us the hits. Clearly Clearly me taking my shirt off last week did nothing for anybody. I mean, I did say you guys were all going to be in bikinis because I thirst trapped on the Jericho cruise, but none of you, not a single one of you, showed up here with your tatas out. I'll say this: my shirt off. My shirt was off last week. You did. You did your part. I'm looking at the other side of the screen here. I'm looking at Aunt, and I'm looking at uh, not only Ryan Schlong, but like who pretended to be me last week. So you really should have been. Listen, right the bikinis in the mail or something. It's it's got to got to arrive. I don't uh, know what's I, creepier. I'm sorry, Ant, to cut you off. As you're we're watching, if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, 
Um, the fact, Ryan, your head is blocking Gritty's face, but the creepy fucking reflection. <laughs> yeah, that's why I chose this one. Is that creepy reflection? I don't like exactly the reason. Looks like I tell you, googly eyes. I'm not even a gritty fan, but this reflection is really funny to me. So, I just uh, want to call out for you guys. She's Mrs. Money for a reason. She knows that if I set up an OnlyFans, I'll make bank. She knows it's how to keep true. the money coming in. It's true. This is on you. There's I mean, probably a demographic for like dudes' foot stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, look at this. Guy. Look at this. Look at this guy. Look, look at this at fresh. Look at him. He looks oh. super handsome. Oh, he's got oh, the wow. Sheeta shirt on. Oh. Wow, you. That's a bold move, brother. Well, I owed oh. it to uh, I owed it to our pal Asian Joe. He got me the shirt. I said I wear anything you send me um, on the podcast. Hey, you send me a bikini, I'll wear it. Yes. Asian Joe, send him a bikini right away. <laughs> you send me a bikini, I'll wear it. Of oh, the top, not the bottom. The top. Oh. The top. If you, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this story, and I know we're the Mark Word of Podcast. And we're here to talk AEW, but the beginning of the relationship. We're with my also one here to talk about dudes and bikinis. Just <laughs> to clarify, but go on. Well, <laughs> you, you've all. I don't think Ryan's met my wonderful wife, but everyone here knows my wonderful wife. Uh, when we first started dating, I lost a bet, a Mets Yankees bet, and I had to wear a dress. At a party, it was also the first time I met her mother and her stepfather. <laughs> I was in a dress. And she I'm gonna still say this. married you. She's so smart. And I am met- I kept my word. I lost the bet. I had to wear the dress. If we're Facebook friends, it's it's easy to find. I have a wig on, I look like Richard Simmons. It's hysterical. <laughs> I think even without the wig, Matt, you could pull a dress off just you being you. You can do it. I'll tell you what, with my tattoos and the floral pattern we picked on the dress, I was digging it. And I went just with my underwear on. I felt very free until I went on the trampoline. And then they were trying to rip my underwears off. I was like, (laughs) bad idea. Bad idea. Uh, I'll say this KJG is asking for a cup size. I'll have to follow up. Um, And I'm going to say this Um, Rob Humphrey, this is not appreciated. Uh, No one send me a bikini. That is aggressive, Rob Humphrey. Jeez, what way to body shame, Rob? Seriously, stop body shaming. And and I don't I don't mean to step over any lines with Mrs. Money in the chat, but it's sexy ass is on here. And if he wants to wear a bikini, he can wear it. (laughs) You send it, I'll wear it. Slide in the DMs. I'll send you my address. You can send me whatever you want. I'll wear it. I won't pull a rate the great though. I can't be stealing gimmicks. So don't send me a wig. Don't expect me I, to play Kate. It wasn't a stolen gimmick. It's, you know, no, just no, no. Great being right. I will not steal your <laughs> gimmick, oh, Ryan. We've experienced it. in prior iterations of this show the stealing of gimmicks. And that is the end of those gimmicks once they're stolen. So we try not to steal gimmicks. So what I'm saying is, I will not steal your gimmick. And, and You're a gentleman honestly, and a scholar. Pizza sales are way down since the gimmicks have been stolen. I'm just putting that out there. Well, the since the gimmick's been stolen and uh, that guy quit the show. So, yeah. you know. It's true. Touche. Well, at least nobody's sleeping on this show, so. <laughs> well, that's very true. Uh, falling asleep. 
I was going to fall asleep during Dynamite tonight. It was not that great of a show today, I felt like. Oh, we'll talk about it. It was a perfectly fine show. Oh, Matt, I have a question for you. Yeah, buddy. What one of those energy drinks you're on now? Is it the Bang Energy drinks? No, I do the Rain. Rain, okay. I'm I on don't the... like the Bang flavors. So, I've recently tried the Bang energy drinks, and uh, I like it because uh, there's no sugar, no calories. You know, that's kind of my gimmick. Um, but I'll say this: I had one today, this morning. Bro, I was wired for for fucking hours. Like I was on the phone all morning because Wednesdays are my busy shoot work phone day, and I'm like th- midway through my third call, and I had to stop and say to the person, "I apologize, I'm fucking wired." <laughs> it's like what, I had an uh, energy drink, and it really hit me. What flavor? What did I have this morning? Peach mango. Ugh. Uh, that wasn't bad. Um, Sorry, wasn't bad. I've tried the unicorn something. That wasn't great. It just kind of tasted like fruit punch, but not great fruit punch. I had something else. Sour sour apple or something. Oh, yeah, and uh, yeah. I don't like the bang flavors. What are the C4 ones? Jay Shell likes the C4 ones. I don't know what they are. It's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. I know the rain is in the same ballpark as the bang. No sugar, no calories. I'll Lots of caffeine. Out. Lots of caffeine, though. I like the cherry limeade. And my favorite was the jala- the strawberry jalapeno. But now I can't find that anywhere. Oh, well, so cherry limeade you know, is one of my one of my shits. So I'll have to check it out. Jay Shell's giving you recommendations. Says they have no sugars or calories. Lots of great flavors. So if you're always I'll switching them up. I'll have oh to check God. it out. Uh, question. Yes. We have the Discord on the Shining Wizards. Uh, and it's linked at Wizards Podcast. What crazy savage animal brought Ginger Snap Mountain Dew today? What is that? I'm assuming it's their holiday flavor. That was um, Bomir. I hope I'm saying the name right. Um, I have not had that flavor. Whoa, uh, whoa Kate, I don't know what you did. That was worse. Um, but... Uh, I haven't had that, but I will say this. Uh, I, uh, I'm i trying not to drink a lot of soda, and if I drink soda, it's diet. The one soda I miss in the winter, there was a period of time Pepsi put out what they called, I think, Holiday Spice Pepsi or something like that. It was so fu- It was like cinnamon spice uh, Coke or Pepsi, obviously. So, Matt, it was just like drinking like Jack Fire and Coke. All right. But it wasn't alcoholic, obviously. So now I just pour Jack Fire into my Coke. Ah, um, there you go. Even better. Yeah. I got this Jack Green Apple on, on the rocks tonight. Boy, you're going all in on the rocks lately, huh? Yeah. Um, I don't really have any mixers in the house, and I didn't stop at the liquor store on the way home. And uh, I don't have work tomorrow. So I was like, I'm going to enjoy a nice beverage while we talk about the wrestling. I mean, you me you mentioned the uh, the ginger snap, so I can't comment on that. Uh, Brundon is saying, as if Mountain Dew isn't bad enough. I'm gonna say this: Mountain Dew is probably in my top four sodas. I love a good Mountain Dew, and Baja Blast, fucking sign me up. No, nah, no Baja. I like a regular Mountain Dew. No Baja Blast for me. I enjoy regular. I enjoy the Baja. 
I tried that watermelon one. I did not like it. It was very sweet. Even the diet, the zero sugar one, very sweet. Did not love it. Baja Blast is great. And when I was the pickiest eater in the whole wide world, which I was up until like I was probably 22 years old, I would go with my friends to Taco Bell like in college and everybody wanted to get like 900 burritos and I would go and I would just get a large Baja Blast because I didn't eat anything. I was so picky. But I went for the Baja Blast because it was that good. All right, Rob Humphreys. Rob Humphreys redeeming himself. He says Baja Blast is the way to go. Okay. He's body shaming, but he's winning my my heart back. You didn't get a tummy you didn't get a tummy ache from just drinking a large Baja Blast? Not when I was like 19. I was indestructible. Now I like look at something and I fall apart. I mean, I'm going to be 40 in a couple weeks and I'm fucking indestructible. I'm like a maniac. You are a maniac. I respect you. I did. I did. Remember when I fell through my back steps? I still have like a dent in my leg. Oh my gosh. That was bad. That was bad, but could have been way worse. Yeah, it could have been way worse. For people who weren't listening then, Matt has stone steps that are very steep. And one of them stones came loose, and he took a mighty tumble. No, no, I stepped right through the wooden steps. They snapped in half. Oh, was that? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. I thought one of the stone ones was loose. Oh. No, no. No, no. We're good. So Matt says Dr. Pepper all day. I'll take it. I like a good I Dr. Know. Pepper. I like a good Dr. Pepper. I don't see any root beer up here, people. You're really disappointing me. Oh, like root beer. Root beer's my shit. Hell yeah. I'm going to drink a soda pop. I have a nice root, root beer. Soda pop? Soda pop. I have a, We got Chinese food tonight. And I asked my wife to get me a Coca-Cola. Ooh. <laughs> and I said that last night at the restaurant. I was like, that man wants a Coca-Cola. And the girl who's like 15 years younger than me was like, a what? Like a fucking Coke. A Coca-Cola, man. That's what they are. <laughs> Come on. Back Brian, in my day, you... we called them soda pop. A nice sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla is interesting. Matthew. What is your uh what is your game choice when you're at that uh shithole where the Flyers play? What do you uh, enjoy there? I just drink regular Pepsi or Coke. I'm not Cakes. or a Sprite. Coke. Wait, Pepsi or Coke? You don't yeah, care. Okay. You don't have a preference. No, I mean a Coke usually, but I will down a uh, Sprite. And then food is so expensive there, so I try to be you know, selective. Uh, Go to Tony Luke's and you get yourself a cheesesteak. Why is it from a from New I York? Don't I don't know. Yeah, well, and that's and they're not in the get arena. Cheesesteak hoagie. A hoagie. No, cheesesteak hoagie, something very different. I just needed to say hoagie, Jesus. Listen, man, if you're gonna make fun of me, you gotta at least be accurate. I'll say this: there's a lot of fucking soda talk in the chat right now. We should is, pivot. It we should just pivot to do an hour of soda talk every week. I bet you there's not nearly as many soda um, podcasts as there are wrestling podcasts. Wait, before we pivot into wrestling, but away from soda, we need to talk about something that I discovered as a thing because I went to Matt's to watch the World Series. Uh, did you know you can just send for fan packs from teams and they'll just send you stuff in the mail? They'll just send you swag bags? And that Matt Bowman has done this for literally decades, including from teams that he does not give a shit about. 
but he also got some really great like some really cool signed stuff too when he was a kid it's incredible i didn't know you could just go to a team's website and be like send me your shit send me your leftover promotional items the miami marlins for some reason like that rules and so now i want to do that so do it i'm gonna now it's like a now it's a target admission especially when you told me you could do it from colleges because why would i go to my college bookstore if they can just send me shit through the website that is the game my friends i did not know this was a thing and matt had a crate of letters from like yesterday back to his childhood <laughs> That he had sent, because a lot of times in the olden days before email, when you sent in hand letters, they would send them back with your thing. And Matt had them all, and his little kid penmanship was on him. It was a nice trip down memory lane. We had fun. The funny thing is his little kid penmanship was when he from when he was from like 32 years old. Yeah, that was like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> let's look, let's be clear. When I was a youth, I did this. Uh, where I would write to my favorite sports teams and I would ask for autographs. And in return, I got autographs. It was great. Then there was the invention of Little Maddie Bowman about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, where Little Maddie Bowman was bored and he went down to the Target and he brought a bunch of packs of baseball and football cards. And then Little Maddie Bowman wrote letters to many sports teams. Um, didn't get a lot of responses, but I did get a Dirk Nowitzki autograph and I got something from Paul, hey. Paul Gasol. Oh, he's retired. Now. Uh, and something from Carmelo Anthony too. I was uh, you say. could throw that in the garbage. It wasn't like uh it was like a fucking postcard with like a fake autograph on it. It wasn't real. But uh yeah, that's when little Maddie Bowman surfaced. The fan pack thing I saw online. And you just go on a website and you can request a fan pack. And sometimes they want you to, you know, reach out to them and contact them and then you say, Oh, you know, I'm a fan of this team, but I live here. Can you send me some free stuff? And they do. And you bought a minor league ticket to get, what was it, a bobblehead? Yes. You wanted your bobblehead game? <laughs> that was the best. I can't remember whose bobblehead it was. I'm sure Matt will tell you. But they were like, it was a promotional giveaway at a game. Just buy a ticket even though you can't attend and we'll send you the bobblehead. The, the Shivani. Wow, oh, that's a good Shivani. one. Oh, look. Shivani. That's fair. That's it's fair. Shivani and Bug. Bug. It's great. That's great. I couldn't remember who it one. was, but that's wonderful. Yeah, Kate, you can actually go on some of the MLB team websites. Will actually like you can look up there. They have like they call it a kids club or something, and it's just like write to us. We'll send you some stuff. So you yeah. can do that as a kid or as a forty-year-old man. Either way, yeah. uh, it's I funny. Saw, when it's I went fun. to Texas, I signed up for the kids club and got a free bottle. <laughs> It's funny though because Matt said I, you know, then came little Maddie Bowman, and I was gonna say, Kate, make sure whatever you do, you sign your letters, little Katie Hensler. Oh yeah, definitely. I will say I rigged the system from the inside when I worked for the Mets Double A affiliate, then the Binghamton Mets, now the Binghamton Rumble Party Ponies. Don't get me started. They Stupid. had like these kids coupon days where you would get like a free hot dog with the purchase of another hot dog or whatever. And the amount of coupons I stole for the kids that I didn't have for when I was attending. As a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I already got free admission and I was like, no, I'm sticking it to the man. I got real heated because they made us pay for parking. Even as employees, it was only a dollar game, but still I was annoyed mm. about that. So I got them back with my kids coupon packs. <laughs> Matt, we have a request. 
Are you going to make me get up and get the bobblehead? Yes, yes, yeah. I am. I absolutely am. <laughs> I also want to say this. This is for Joe. I want to say this. Um, KJG said, pop ant money. I don't know if he was talking about how I refer to soda or if it was me making fun of Matt's age and handwriting. It so could be I'll both. take either one. Yeah. yeah fantastic, <laughs> fantastic penmanship, first of all. Oh, penmanship. Yes. Have you not seen my penmanship? Nope. Really? I, you think I can see that on this small ass screen? It's actually pretty good. Not bad, man. I was expecting like serial killer writing because you watch so many serial killer do- documentaries. Right. I can, and whatnot. I can see that. That looks pretty good. It's pretty good. No, I don't. I mean, if I'm gonna do serial killer writing, I'm gonna do it like a ransom note. Hi, Ray. They said hello. I like your robe. It looks very comfortable. Anthony likes your robe. It looks very comfortable. It is. It's very plush. I like how she just sauntered through in her (laughs) rope. Like, I don't give a fuck what's going on. Wait, what was that? I might have bought a new toy for myself. She might have. What did she say, Matt? She said, after I brought all these pillow pets, she may have bought uh, a new toy for herself. (laughs) Oh. Was it a gun to shoot you in the face with? Anthony wants to know if it's a gun to shoot me in the face with. Half right. Half right. All right. So I'm so then she's not gonna she's not gonna shoot you in the face. She'll shoot you below the waist. So So they can't be considered a homicide. That's my money maker. She can't shoot me below the waist. All right. Let's her and Glock. Her and Glock Anderson, man. Rhiannon and Glock. she's, She's talking mad up. Good for her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't think so. You got a keeper over there. Me or her? Yes. <laughs> they said you're a keeper. She disagrees. <laughs> she's out of here. Yeah, she knows she's, she's got to do too much work around that house. She stuck That's with right. you after the first time you met her parents who were wearing a dress. So I do say she's a keeper. <laughs> and numerous pants shittings. And numerous pants shittings. Yeah, especially the latest one. So embarrassing. So right was, in front of the was toilet. there a new one? No, no, the last one was the one I shit my pants right in front of. The, while I was going to sit on the toilet, I shit my <laughs> pants. So close! You were so Liter- close, Matt. Literally inches, inches from the toilet. It's Steve. There it is. The longest payoff ever. I think For those who are listening in podcast form. Tony Schiavone had nothing to do with Matt shitting. We brought the bobblehead back into the picture. I had to get up. I had to grab the bobblehead. It was a production. And then we started talking about like... you getting shot in the face. It became a whole thing. It was the thing. Man. I don't know Matt, what he was. For everyone, for everyone listening to podcast, Matt must have bought something that Reed doesn't know about because he's being very secretive about this. Oh, that also reminds me, Matt. Oh, there it is. I got when mine the other day. I too. was over on Sunday. Matt was like, What'd you get in the mail, Ray? And I was like, The nerve of you to even ask, dude. So, so <laughs> just so, you? just so you guys know what Matt pulled out. Um, but it's not out of the box. Oh, he's got one. Hold on. I should have known he bought two. Ooh, a oh, ring. There it is. We have an it's... AW ring with Ref Aubrey. That's right. This, that's the full size. I think it's the full size, right, Matt? It's a full size. Ring, full-size scale ring. 
uh, with Ref Aubrey. No other figures, though. Of course, you got to buy those separately. What do you think? They're stupid. What if um, it's pretty cool? They give you the ref, though. Yeah, well, they wanted to do the Ref Aubrey figure, but I think they knew, like, you know, it might be a hard sell just to sell the figure alone. So they did it with the ring, which is awesome because it gets you to buy the ring. Uh, I don't know about you, Matt. I got two of them. One of them is going to be a Christmas present. Oh, I'm nice. a little annoyed because um, the goddamn box was damaged. So there's a fucking hole poking through my sealed box, and I think it damaged the fucking AEW box. His, I, I took both of them out. The one that he's getting is definitely gashed, but he won't care because he's just going to rip it open and play with it anyway. But the one I have is definitely the the AEW packaging is damaged. Well, they, we could, they we could fucking talk, ruined you, it. So you know I'm going to open that one up there. So yeah, so that one's pretty good. So maybe we can trade, and I can open your broken one, and you can get a you get a good one. Oh, what a if guy! You eh, you're I a will, good guy. If you want, I'll do that. I'll take. We you stick up on together. It. I fucking picked up some Ghostbuster stuff for him the other day at the at the Target. Oh. That's right. That's a good find. That's another Christmas gift. See, planning already. Tony Schiavone agrees. Good. I had great success when I went out uh, hunting the other day. Yeah, what'd you find? Uh, nothing. I, I mean, I found the Ghostbuster stuff for you, but I went to a t- a t- two Targets. No, I went to a Target and a Walmart, and both had AEW figures. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. The Target in the Rock in Rockaway had a ton of Series Three and Four. Okay, a ton. And then I picked up a Kevin Nash uh, NWO Legends. That's a good one. It's a good one to yeah. pick up. Sorry, we're talking figures and stuff. Well, no, I, I agree, to... but if everyone's wondering why we went silent, Kate and Ryan don't collect, so Kate and Ryan don't have any figures to, to talk about. But I don't mind the conversation because I'm guessing a lot of fans out there do like figures and collecting. Look at this. Rob Humphrey slowly winning me back. Hell yeah, Ghostbusters. Thanks, Rob. Um, I will say this, Matt. I'm probably going to have to take a trip up there uh, because I have... Uh, I have one figure for Christmas for the boy. It's a Luchasaurus because he, he fucking loves Luchasaurus. But I got to find him somebody else to wrestle with. So oh. I'll have to take a trip up there and see who they might have. I might be able to help you out with that, too. Well, we'll talk. Just, we'll we'll take this offline when I buy oh, things. Make out already. I buy th- like I bought. I saw Santana at the, the Walmart and I was like, oh, AEW figure. I'm just going to buy this and hold on to it. And I went to the target. And I was like, you. And I was like, oh, there's a lot here. I'm like, I'm just going to grab an Ortiz because maybe I can get the Santana and Ortiz signed because I know them. But then I was like, mm-hmm. when I got to the Target and there was all those figures, I was like, yeah, I can't rebuy all these. A third so time? You so have did. two of each. Matt. That has 20 of each. Right. What are you I doing? Went to, I went to a Target and there was a Legends Vader. There was three of them and I bought all three of them. I just don't understand this. I, I mean, will, I will resell them. All right. Well, down down the line, you got to give it time. All right. Well, I'll take your word on that. It's a method to my madness. Well, I keep telling. Jayshell <laughs> saying I'm, I want Santana and Ortiz. I'll end up with every single figure. That I think is the real reason I don't collect. Is once the banding starts to come off, it would just one one thousand percent why I don't. Yeah. Listen, the, the only reason 
I'm in on the AEW stuff is because I'm in from the start. I'm not playing catch up like with the e-figures, right? Like, yep. yeah, there's some stuff out there that I see that I like, but I don't really need it, right? Like, I got nowhere really to display the stuff at the moment. The AEW stuff, I'm in it because I'm in it from the start, but it's not coming out of the boxes. So I'm not like Matt. I'm not buying two. I'm buying single sets of stuff. It's not coming out of the box. And my plan down the line is to absolutely resell them. So they will eventually be out of my possession. But I'm in from the start. That's why I'm doing it. The Ghostbusters stuff, I just fucking love the Ghostbusters. So that is a pitfall. But those all stay in the box anyway. I don't take any of that shit out. So real quick, do you guys remember the movie Wall Card? The the story, the Hell yeah. story. Yeah. So you know how he kept walking in the room and his drug use kept like amplifying into the bad things he was into. You don't want none of this, do we? Well, that would be me and figures. Like I would start with the AEWs being like, I'm in from the beginning. I, I have I have I'm only doing this. And then be like, well, you know what? All right, I, I'll grab a couple of these WWE ones just because. But, you know, I also like Ghostbusters, so I'll get some Ghostbusters ones. And then I also like, you know, all this other stuff for my use. So I'll grab that, too. Before you know it, I have nowhere to put anything. I'm pouring on the streets, trying to sell my figures just to survive. You got to pick and choose your battles, my friend. That's We're it. We're not all millionaires, man. We're not all I chose my battle. Not fighting this one at all. Like I, I only collect the WWE elite figures of people I grew up watching. So I have zero, nothing current. Like I don't have any interest in any of the current figures. Yeah, I have. I'm out of the stuff. I have the one that Matt gave me, my Eddie Guerrero figure, which I love, and I have a CM Punk figure that I was like, let me see how much this is worth because it was him in the Nexus. It's worth like three hundred bucks. I was like, oh damn, that rolls. Yeah. That was before he debuted. I don't know what it is now. But yeah, I uh I don't have many other figures. Um I don't really collect many other stuff. Like I'm I don't collect like Funko Pops. Like I have a bunch of pops, like Ghostbuster stuff again is a different story, but like random Funko Pop stuff. Like I have the Young Bucks, I have a couple Macho Mans, but that's because I like that stuff. I think I have I one have collections of anything. Now that you say that, like I don't have I don't collect anything. This behind Catherine? me is probably the largest collection of anything that I have, like CDs, like sense. physical media. But it's just garbage at this point. I just got to get rid of it. Catherine, be honest. Your I closet. Your closet. I'm sorry, Caitlin. <laughs> All of you. My phone name is Kay. No, so, I really so I don't have as many. I know what you're getting. I do not have as many wrestling t-shirts as I thought. And most of them are gifts. Like, I don't like... I don't wait until I'm not like actively seeking out anything. And I, I probably would have more wrestling t-shirts if I liked more of the AEW designs. Cause I think a lot of those AEW designs are not very good. Mrs. Money says, uh, Mrs. Money has a Finn Balor Funko. Cause he, he's my fave and was a gift. Uh, Mrs. Money. Is there an eggplant outline on the Funko pop? You know it. He's rocking that hitter. That. That little that little Irish piece of shit dressed up as Shawn Michaels for Halloween. Oh. He gets hit by a bus. I like them apples. You know what he calls the eggplant? It's the prince. The shillelagh? <laughs> the demon? I mean, you they all work. The demon. <laughs> so wait, they're all I actually all a win. <laughs> so, so I have a question for the two collectors here because I'm seeing someone, Jay Shelley's new tonight. She, she has an AEW belt. 
that got signed by Niall and Vicky. And her goal is to get as many people as she can to sign that. Two collectors. If you got a bunch of signatures, would you then be able to sell it? Like personally, not money-wise, but could you let yourself sell it? Or would you at some point have too many signatures where it's like, no, I want to hold this? To, to me, it really de- to me it depends on what it is, right? Like if I have um, some, like if I if I had something Ghostbusters related and I had it signed by like some of the original cast, there's no way I'd sell it because I love it. But like, if it was a random like something that I have, like if it was a CD or a, a vinyl or a movie poster, and it was like I don't really love it, but it's signed and I can flip it, I would certainly flip it. It, it to me it doesn't matter how many signatures are on it 120 doesn't matter can we talk about wrestling yeah absolutely <laughs> i was trying to pivot into that before but then we got way off track <laughs> so uh no. strap in folks this is gonna be a four-hour epic um I'm so disconnected from figure world apologies well, matt cartona i don't give a shit you think he's listening probably it's funny before we pivot to wrestling i ordered um i ordered the jeff jarrett figure right the figure yep from zombie sailor a couple months ago so i come home last night and there's like mail from the major wrestling figure podcast in my mailbox and it's just like a jeff jarrett trading card i'm like what the fuck is this I'm like, who sent this to me as a gag? I got to, I figured, I found out that if you ordered the Jeff Jarrett figure, this the zombie sailor guy sends out trading cards. So that's cool. That was a little anticlimactic because I thought the answer was going to be Matt Cardona. No, how would he get my address? (laughs) I don't know. That's what I was here for. Maybe it's a fan pack situation. I don't know. No, I don't want any major wrestling figure fan pack stuff. Even if little Maddie Bowman sent away for it, little Maddie Bowman might have to look. The fan packs got shut down during the COVID. People weren't sending them out. So, although That's the Red true. Sox did, and I got my little package of dirt from Fenway. So, hmm. they send well, the same thing every every year. They weren't sending out the fan packs, but that asshole who collects the home run balls was still able to get like fifty home run balls last year. What a fucking prick! Who's a bigger prick, that guy or Eddie Kingston? That guy, because that guy who catches the home run balls also somehow got into that military-only game uh, that they had a couple years ago. Yeah, he's a fucking prick. Yeah, but was he a sore sore loser like Eddie Kingston? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. We don't know him. We're going to talk about Eddie Kingston. We're going to talk about Eddie Kingston in a little bit. But I think the first news we should talk about, because it kind of bleeds into Dynamite tonight, and it was big news yesterday, was um, Tony Khan announcing that uh, John Moxley is entering inpatient alcohol treatment uh, program as Matt takes a sip of his drink. Um, So the the tweets went this like this. uh, John Moxley has allowed me to share with you that he is entering an inpatient alcohol treatment program. John is a beloved member of the AEW family. We all stand with him and Renee and all of his family and friends as he shifts his focus to recovery. John is making a very brave choice to get help, and we're embracing his choice and supporting him however we can. I'm proud to call John a friend, and like many of you, I'm also a a fan of Mox and look forward to a time in the future 
when he's eventually ready to return to the ring. Until then, thank you for supporting John and respecting his privacy at this time. If you or a loved one need help, please please reach out to Sam uh, SAMHSA's uh, National Helpline, 1-800-62-HELP, or 1-800-62-4357. So it was pretty... Um, uh, pretty uh, crazy news to get last night. I can't think of a better word than crazy because he just put his book out. He's obviously involved in this huge tournament. You know, we had seen him at the New Japan show, so he's he's you know wrestling kind of all over the place. New father, you know, there's a lot going on in, in Moxley's life. Um, so it was kind of crazy to see this news come out. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I, it, Whoever wants to say something, please uh, share your thoughts. Uh, I think this is a huge move for him if he has a problem. Uh, I Both my parents are alcoholics or were. Uh, it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible disease uh, for him to realize that he needs help and be able to ask for it, which I think is one of the hardest things for people to do, is huge. So... I hope he gets the help he needs and I hope uh I hope he comes back, you know, better and in a better place and and I'd rather see uh this news versus what we're all kind of used to uh in the wrestling industry where we hear that you know someone went to sleep and they didn't wake up the next day and then you find out it's cuz they were, you know, fucking they drank a bottle of Jack, then they took some somas to go to sleep and they fucking choked on their vomit in their sleep. So uh, I wish John Moxley well. We're cheering for him. I can't wait for him to get back and be uh, in a better place. So I hope he uh, can uh, can kick out of this because alcoholism is an uh, ugly disease. Ugly. Absolutely. As I drink. As I drink. <laughs> well, I yeah. I similarly, I have family members that thankfully uh, are in recovery. But this reminded me, like I had the exact same feeling. Uh, and- probably relate a little bit when CC Sabathia, I think it was the day of or the day before the wild card game announced that he was supposed to be starting announced that he was also starting his sobriety recovery where it was just like, wow, it's, you just never know. Cause someone can look like they have the whole world. Like he's just wrestling these Japanese legends. And he just has baby and his book is out. But in the same year, we also know that we lost Brody and he was very close to Danny Havoc who, uh, passed away as well. So, it's just, it's, it's not, nobody's immune from it. Like it's a very real disease. It doesn't correlate really with the ups and downs of your life from what I have known it to be and, and my family and a few of my friends as well. So uh, it's, it's certainly better, like Matt said, to hear that he's doing something about it now, even if he were to never wrestle again. Like, thank God he's doing something about it. Because if you think going into sobriety is anything other than an attempt to save your own life, you are wrong. And that's exactly what it is. So uh, we can talk about it a little bit more, too, because I think Punk gave just the most perfect statement about it. I don't even want to call it a promo because it didn't feel promotional at all. Um, but I, it's, it's a very real thing. I tell people if they're looking for a better explanation of it, the only uh, celebrity I've heard talk about it, like, properly was Craig Ferguson did a monologue on Britney Spears on one of his late night shows and talked about his own recovery. And that was about as good of an explanation 
as someone can give in 10 minutes. And I'm going to try not to take 10 minutes to talk about it. So go look that up on YouTube. It's a phenomenal video and an excellent explanation of what society is. And it's a lot more than this rehab stint. It's a lifetime of vigilance and, and discipline and faith that you can do this without drinking. So uh, best to him. And of course, God, I can't even imagine being Renee right now, having a newborn child and now basically being a single parent while your husband is fighting for his own life. So uh, just the best of thoughts to them. <clears throat> yeah, it's, um, it's definitely tough, right? I mean, that's putting it lightly. It's uh, an everyday battle, an everyday struggle. Um, and I think that goes as far as, you know, any sort of addiction problem you have, you know, it's, uh, it's a constant kind of battle every day that you just try to keep in check. I mean, um, you know, I've definitely had people in my life who are dealing with different things and it's tough. And, you know, like a lot of people have said, or, you know, seen, you've seen people kind of say stuff online. You know, one of the biggest things is, um is taking that first step, right? And having the courage to ask for help. Um, and that's really huge. And, uh, you know, we will talk about it a little bit later. Cause like I said, it does bleed into dynamite. So we'll touch on that other stuff, Kate, but, um, you know, it's, um, does it suck from a business perspective because you've got, you've had this huge star and he's on this trajectory? Sure. But from a human perspective, this is, you know, good news to get to Matt's point that we're not getting the news that Moxley passed away overnight because he choked on his own vomit. You know, it's, um, this is what needs to happen. And like I said, just thinking about somebody who's responsible for a, you know, a child. Um, I couldn't imagine having to deal with that and, you know, battling other demons and, uh, it takes a lot, you know, will we ever maybe know the full story of kind of why, you know, he was kind of pushed this far. No, you know, could be a combination of stuff, pressure to perform in the business pressure to be, you know, a husband and a new father and trying to balance everything, you know, maybe, but it could be something he's been dealing with for a very long time. Yeah. And, I've heard uh, alcoholics chooses... say you're, it's an elevator and you can get off at any floor, right? Like you're an alcoholic, yeah. whether you, you can choose to bottom out wherever you want, <laughs> but like, sure. It's... It's there the whole time, right? It's just crazy. Yeah, and you know, it's it's tough because it's one of those things that's you know, it's kind of like people who have a you know, I guess like a food addiction, right? It's everywhere, it's accessible, and you can get alcohol anywhere you want. So it's a constant battle, but it's good news in my book that he's taking the time to get help, and I'm glad to see that the support is out there. I know, uh, Ryan, we'll get your thoughts in a second, but I at least want to say Renee did wind up putting something out, um, today saying, you know, thanking for the outpouring of support. She said, John is every bit of the badass We all know him to be. I couldn't be more proud of him for getting to, uh, for getting to proper help. He needs. That's an exact quote. Um, and being given the space to put his health first, couldn't possibly love this man more. So he's getting support from everywhere. There's been an outpouring from, of support. We'll talk about it on the show tonight. But uh, it is good news to see that he's taking this step. So like Matt, I'm super happy that it's news he's going to get help and not something worse. And 
we'll look forward to a time when he can get back to the ring and and be healthier. And that day will come. Uh, Ryan, you want to say anything about this? I mean, you guys covered it. I'm just glad it gets brought up because to me, any of this stuff, it's the shame that often makes it worse. You're afraid to admit you have a problem. You're afraid to tell people you have a problem. So the more public it is for other people, less for him, because obviously he's, he's told people, but for others who are suffering, it's when you're public. Now, just also, if you read his book, which just came out, because I did read it, he clearly, this has been building for years. He's, he's had, he had a tough upbringing and a lot going on in his life. So I'm just glad he's, he recognized it in his thirties and not in his sixties when he's wasted half his life and in, in, with issues. Yeah. So that's, that's the only thing I'm, I'm happy for them. As, as weird as it is to say, you're happy for someone to go to, to rehab. You're happy for someone that they, they saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could have been uh much worse, you know, putting, putting your child, your wife, people you work with in the ring at risk for something like that, you know, could be really bad. So good that uh, he's taking the time to get the help. Yeah. Could have been, could have been Henry Ruggs. So there you go. There you go. So, so moving on into wrestling from the week. Uh, Let's talk about rampage just for a little bit. Um, So I saw two of these three matches and then I fell asleep watching this late on the replay and I haven't had a chance to watch it. So um, Friday night uh, we had our uh, world title eliminator tournament first round, Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. And this is a match that must have had Kate exploding in her seat. Um, uh, Cutting to the finish. We all know, uh, you know, Brian Danielson wins. Uh, He puts Eddie Kingston to sleep. Eddie defiant to the end. Um, Jesus, I thought this was a hell of a match. Uh, Let's go to Kate first because she she looks like she's ready to explode here. (laughs) She wants to talk about it. Go ahead, Kate. What'd you think? I just. Oh my. That's it. That's all I have to say. It's just that. No, I. uh, I've just really loved all of this. Like the the build into this match, the story that they told has been some of my favorite storytelling that's happening. It's crazy to see Danielson just having ridiculous matches. I mean, ridiculous matches since he's come back and telling these incredible stories. I love what they did here. And this entire match, like the collision of, not even the collision of styles, because they kind of both leaned into what each other does really well, I thought. But I I loved this match. I loved the setup for this match. It's just such proof that like, you do not need to complicate things in wrestling. You just have like something tangible and real that you can like hook your teeth into and execute a match really well. And I, it seems like on rampage, the main event is the thing that goes on first because of the time slot they're in. That's cool. Like that's fine. So this was just great. And I, I'm just stunned that Danielson stepped into a new company, stepped into a wrestling ring after months off, and just it feels like every time he's in the ring, it's a damn match of the year contender. Like, it's just been nuts, his trajectory, since he's come back, and this was certainly no exception. I loved uh, commentary on this, doing a great job, too, putting over Eddie as not just a brawler. Like, he's a wrestler who could really go. He just has to happens to be 
you know, leaning into a very physical style from the all Japan world of a lot of suplexes and a lot of striking and stuff like that. So I thought commentary did a great job of being like, he's not just good on the mic and he's not just there to kick your ass. Like he can, he can go, he could really wrestle. So loved, loved every bit of this. I loved the middle finger at the end. I said, on Friday night, it was my like Dottie Henson drop the ball moment from <laughs> a league of their own. Like, did he know he was going to fall asleep and he, so he gave the middle finger or did he do that and then fall asleep? I, I really, really loved this opener and it was just a very great story executed perfectly. So Matt, I want to ask you a question because post-match, you know, they go to commercial they show you kind of a recap that, you know, Daniel Bryan stuck his hand out to shake hands with Eddie. Eddie refused, right? Then CM Punk's being interviewed backstage and Eddie comes in, starts shit talking. They go back and forth and he gets pulled away. We'll talk about kind of the follow-up from that later. But Eddie Kingston, sore loser. Your thoughts? 100% sore fucking loser. Crying like a little bitch, not shaking Daniel uh, Bryan Danielson's hand bitch disrespectful bitch that's what he was go back interrupt cm punk how dare you how rude how rude nice cameo by jt dunn breaking up uh eddie kingston by the way shout out to jt dunn friend of the shining wizard wrestling podcast um yeah he's a sore loser that's what he is that's what he came off as amazing match amazing match those two as joe evans said the match literally slapped <laughs> Beat the shit out of each other. I don't know how Brian Danielson goes home to uh not Nikki Knockers. What's the other one? Bree Bella. Bree. Holy shit. I don't know how he goes home to Bree every Thursday and his chest is just fire truck red. It was fire truck red against Omega, fire truck red against Eddie Kingston. Uh fuck. I mean, Kate, you hit the nail right on the head. What a match. So simple. It's such a simple storytelling device. Um, you know, D- Brian Danielson questioning Eddie Kingston's work ethic. And that's the, the result is this him being a sore loser and the ensuing uh, showdown with Punk, which we will get into, I guess, when we talk Dynamite. But I love the fucking match. Awesome match. Gritty, what do you have to say? Well, I, I have a question. About Nikki Knockers? You... No. <laughs> What but it but it is about the chest. Do you think Danielson discovered that taking chops, his chest would look insane, and then said to everyone, "We got to do this over and over and over again"? Or did he just really like taking chops? I think it is. Um, I think that's. I, I can't be in, in Brian Danielson's head. I think that's his like. He's like, I'm fucking back. Like, I'm back to wrestle. I'm back to do this. I'm back to do the style of wrestling that made me the superstar I am in Ring of Honor and WWE. Like, I am back, and this is a badge of honor. Also, Eddie Kingston chops the shit out of everyone, I feel like, so it doesn't feel like they went out of the way to do this spot. Those mach- They're called machine gun chops, right? The ones that he does, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think... I think you're you're right, Ryan, in that he probably saw what his chest looked like after Omega and was like, let's perpetuate that because he's that dude. This is the same guy that WWE had to tell him 
not just his neck injury to retire, but he was hiding the fact that he had concussions, like it for real. So they had to pull him out of the ring on stuff because he just wanted to wrestle that bad. Like he's a little maniac. So I think it's endemic to the story here. Like, cause Eddie Kingston does that to everybody, but um, yeah, I, I'm sure he saw what his chest looked like. It was like, let me lean into that. <laughs> Personally, Ryan, I think he just wants Brie knockers to rub salve on his chest the next day. Brie, Brie don't got them knockers. Oh, I thought that was the family name. I'm sorry. Uh, Brie Bella? I Brie guess? Danielson. Brie Danielson. Sorry, I thought that was the family name. She's part of the Itty Titty Kitty Itty Titty Whoa. Committee. Itty wow, Itty Matt. Committee. You can't Itty talk. Answer me. She doesn't have fake ones. That's no, why the twin did. magic thing didn't work. It was all natural. Yeah. It used to work, and then it stopped working. But it stopped working. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nikki, Nikki got them hitters, son. Yeah. John Cena requires large breasts, and she got. Oh, she them. had them before him. And contracts. Very contracts true. that you don't get any of John Cena's shit. That's right. Uh, the second match of the night. We don't have to go deep on it. Uh, Matt Seidel versus Dante Martin. Uh, Dante Martin wound up defeating Matt Seidel. Uh, Ryan, you want to talk about this in any fashion? I know you're a Ryan. You're a huge Dante Martin, Mark. What did you think? First, I'm a huge Dante Martin, Mark. He came up on Dark and Elevation when his brother got hurt. Um, he's awesome. I mean, you can't not enjoy his matches, especially against someone like Matt Seidel. It's just two guys who fly around the ring, and Matt Seidel is Matt Seidel actually has a lot of good ring psychology. His his matches make sense. Um, so he works really well with someone like Dante. I also love, and it'll continue on tonight, but the story they're telling with Dante Martin and Leo Rush. So not only did the match rule, the the story behind it I'm really invested in, which is just something small that adds something to the match I really enjoyed. So it's not as good as the first one because, you know, who can beat Bridey and uh, Eddie, but this is this is a very good match. Okay. Anybody else want to expand on anything or we'll just, we can cut to the last match. I'll just say uh, that, uh, go ahead, Kate. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that I feel like watching Seidel going from being like a high flyer in his early career to being a little bit more grounded and leaning into that psychology to me feels like watching a pitcher go from being a guy that throws 98 miles an hour to being a finesse artist. Like he has so perfectly transitioned his career and he has just proved to be so valuable. Like he's just given a lot of people a lot of really great matches and uh, I'm he was such a good pickup that I was not excited about and he just continues to be be great at the role that he's in and I've you guys have been I know kind of like iffy on on Leo Rush because he keeps retiring and unretiring I I feel like the story is great I've really liked it so I'm excited to see where it goes yeah we'll we'll talk a little bit about them again later um but I think, you know, like, obviously, Kate, we were at the New Japan show and we saw Leo in the ring. He looked great. I just want to see. And I'm at the point where I just want to see him in the ring now in AEW. You know what that I mean? Sense. Like, yeah, it's I was ready this past week. And then, you know, Mike Seidel must have pulled his groin doing yoga or something. But uh, either way, we'll get there. Um, guys, believe it or not, the only match I didn't see was the trick-or-treat Abaddon versus Britt Baker match. My my undead, my living dead girl, Abaddon, uh, wound up taking the L on this one. Uh, Britt Baker won, but I did see a couple kind of like 
you know, online clips of some of the spots they did. Britt took the tax again. Uh, Abaddon got curb stomped in the chair. Uh, it looked like a pretty good match, but you guys tell me, did this work? Did it not work? Should I check it out? Should I just delete it off my DVR? How did it? Kate's throwing up some sour face. What'd you think? Yeah, it had some cool spots, but to me, was not a great match. First of all, their poor table that they apparently got from New Japan that did not break twice. <laughs> that just looked rough, but there's just some things that Abaddon has to work on because she's very green. Uh, there's things that contradict with her gimmick that don't work in the pro wrestling world for me. I don't know if I'm the perfect demographic for what she's doing with where she is right now. Um, it kind of makes sense for a woman who thinks she's a zombie to know sell a bunch of stuff, which doesn't work like in the wrestling world. Right. So there were just some things that contradicted itself, just some sloppy spots, but I, some really fun spots too. I think Abaddon just has a lot of, of work and growth to do, but that's kind of the thing when it's like somebody keeps winning and they're incapable of being killed you eventually have to have them face the champ a little bit right so there's there's a little bit of a, a juxtaposition there too and if you're gonna do it why aren't you gonna do it on the halloween show so i still much prefer something like this to we put candy around the ring on smackdown or whatever the shit they do every year like to do something in gimmick and to have this match like it made sense it's a loss to the champion on rampage it's not gonna like hurt anybody that bad and they needed to get to the point where they were going to have it so why not do it in this context but she's just kind of green and and that showed a lot in this match to me and there are some things that logically in wrestling don't work with what she does that they have to figure out how to marry still a little bit but she'll probably get there she's just young and growing and new at this so two things this one, uh, I think, I don't know who pulled it up, but this made me pop silently here. Uh, Mike said in the chat, uh, the AEW table was dressed as a New Japan uh, table <laughs> for Halloween. That's that a good it one. Was. <laughs> My second uh, comment is, again, I didn't see it, but I, I heard about it. Uh, looks like Abaddon must have heard me talking because she got out of the lockjaw by biting somebody's fingers. Whoa, 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 whoa. She wasn't put in the lockjaw. The lock Britt was going to, and then Britt was like, is this gonna get weird? So then she pulled Britt's hand into her own mouth and bit on it. So the right. lockjaw was never applied. So your reversal method never happened. Bullshit. The zombie ate her fingers is what happened. <laughs> Wait, actually, the, I actually this is a the move was not secured. <laughs> this is a good question. Jay Show wants to know, did the story make more sense with the cruise for you, Kate, since you did see her run away, on, Brit run away on the cruise? Yes. So this was what was kind of cool about the cruise in general was they did tell like mini stories throughout the four days that you were there. Like it was still a pro wrestling show, which was fun. They weren't just a bunch of one off matches. It didn't feel house showy. They actually built out a little bit of arcs. This is the only one that carried over to TV. There was a, a six man tag. And that was the ending of it was Brit running away from Abaddon with Hater and Rebel there. So it did make sense logically story wise, but I just didn't like how it was, how it played out in the ring. But it, it was kind of cool to see that level of nuance carry over to television for sure. Kid, I have a question. This just made you, the cruise made me think, did you book your cabin for the four leaf clover? I did not yet. I don't uh, know if it was. Yet. 
I don't know if I will be. We'll see. That's soon. Double down. It's in, it's in six months. It was a hell of a first day getting on the ship, but I would need the, the right people to go with. And uh, I, I will be looking at my financials as well. So we'll see. It's it's a great experience once you're on there, but I think I would want to go with the the right people that are into AEW. <laughs> looking at you, kid. We should, uh, we should find somebody <laughs> to sponsor us getting on that boat. Hell yeah. Um, did you did you say the zombie no selling doesn't work in wrestling? I didn't like it here. Like it didn't. I I've seen it before, and it just felt more. It just felt better. I think it was because it was like a table spot that she was kind of no selling. That I was just like, all right. But I think even a zombie would at least be injured by a non breaking table, right? I mean, I don't know. The Undertaker built his career on no selling. I get that. I just it didn't she also, feel. She also no sold the curb, no sold the curb stomp too, in the chair. I don't remember. That was that was the, that was the more egregious of the two. If you're going to hate, that's on probably them. That was... that's probably what I was thinking of. I was just looking at my old notes. I I don't remember that spot anymore. But I don't know. It just felt when the Undertaker does it, it's almost like he's selling the no sell in a way. I this just felt like. It didn't feel like a zombie no selling something. It just felt like she no sold the move. Like it didn't. That's because feel... she's a not a. That's because she's not actually a zombie, and they're okay telling you that. They're okay telling you that she thinks she's a zombie, but everyone okay, else knows. So she's in that not. case, she should be selling because then she's getting well, her. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where the friction is to me. Is like that's okay if she thinks she's a zombie, then she should be affected by these moves. If she's actually a zombie, then she shouldn't, and it should be like a little bit more dramatic of a no sell or something. It just wasn't. It didn't vibe for me. Jay Shell asked the question, and I have an answer. Uh, how do wrestlers actually get tacks shoved in their mouth? Here's the answer. I don't know if you guys know this. One wrestler opens their mouth, and the other one actually puts tacks in it. I knew you were gonna say that line. Oh, I was like, he's gonna say something about burning. using the hand. <laughs> That's how it is. You use your hand or pour them from a bag into a mouth. No, I asked my same I asked the same question uh anytime I see like those um those light bulb spots in the mouth, uh I just don't fucking eat cutter. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand any of that. I wouldn't want to put anything sharp in my mouth like that. And I wouldn't even I'll go further. I wouldn't even want to lay down on tacks. So the fact that they even take bumps in the back with tacks, like get, you know, choke slammed on tacks or even Darby in the skateboard landing on your back. Cause I'm sure everybody's seen those Wardlow photos now of him after the tacks. There's no way, no amount of money would where I would say, yup, I'll do that. I don't even want to step on one. Like just yeah. so one. <laughs> You're both wrong because what I was informed by Dan Barry on the Shining Wizard podcast is tax isn't the problem. It's Legos that's the problem. You don't <laughs> want to do a match with Legos because they leave lasting injuries. Because apparently his worst injuries of of like a ta- like a hardcore style came from a Legos match. So just that. He's referred to him but, as my fiance, Dan Barry. Your fiance. So Thank Kate, <laughs> question for you: If they had just said. Abaddon will get up unless she's physically unable to. Would that have fixed everything for you then? 
like to the point of like she she doesn't understand like there are people out there usually they're high on drugs but still people out there who don't really understand pain too well if they had just kind of said like she's that level of insane where she thinks she's a zombie and she won't feel pain so you physically have to prevent her would that have fixed the 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 issue for you it would have helped but like when the undertaker knows how something he does the dramatic sitting up right like there is no uh the cell is the no cell with the undertaker she just didn't really do anything which doesn't work for me at all i just need more i think she's just discovering it it's just something that she's gonna get to but like i that that would have helped if there was a justification in one world or the other it's probably the curb stuff spot that's in my notes now that you mentioned that i just don't remember it it's been a lot of wrestling this is a no by the way Ant. i see the question put up yeah, above yeah. i was Humphrey actually gonna does... i was gonna say that um Rob asked, uh, since Abaddon bit uh, her, Britt Baker, does Britt turn into a zombie now? And that's, uh, yes, Ryan, you're correct. That's a no, because Sheeta got bit and never turned into a zombie. It's not that kind of zombie. That's funny, because when Sheeta got bit, uh, I felt like a zombie watching her matches. Very true. Wow, wow. Very true. Uh, Also, Rob... uh, couple more things uh sting's no selling as a senior citizen absolutely and also rob has definitely grown on me i might have been wrong on rob i mean the body shaming is not good but rob saying it must be nice to live the high life of kate oh yeah standing in line seven hours <laughs> oh life small price to pay life. small <laughs> price it was if that was the only price to pay sure but i paid a lot of money to also get on that boat so <laughs> yeah and you eventually got on after seven hours God. No, all right guys came um back, came back empty-handed to the mark order podcast with nothing i no gave lot, you thirst no, traps how dare you, you i'm a married one. i'm a married man i don't need thirst traps you no liners no, for the show no liners no stickers i didn't see anyone with a sticker on the cruise i was only given one sticker from anthony thank you who very gave much. you one sticker you did either you or danny it Somebody wasn't me. I don't remember second. actually giving you stickers, but you should have taken them when when we uh, were together at Arthur Ashe. Forgot to ask, Kate. Didn't ask. <sighs> I can't do all the work. Okay? Really? I, I go to the same four spots, and they got Mark Order stickers all over the place. I got to go. I got to go other places, people. Someone, <laughs> someone else has got to start putting these stickers all over the place, or they're going to catch on to me. I don't Whoa. think Norwegian Cruise Lines would have been like super stoked if I just started sticking stickers all over their boat. No, but if you gave them the people. <laughs> oh, I know. I can tell you there's definitely one in the, one of the bathroom stalls of the 2300 Arena. I saw one in there. I don't know who put it there, but it was there. Nice. And if you want one of these brand spanking new Mark Order Podcast stickers, you can hit us up on any of our socials at Mark Order Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Hit us up, uh, slide up in our DMs, give us your name and address. We'll send them out for free anywhere in the world, so just let us know where we can send them. Uh, Follow us on all our socials. I'll take a chance to plug that while we're here. Um, And um, you know what else I think we're going to plug? I think we're going to take a little break. We're going to plug the Shining Wizards Network, Matt. Oh, yeah. Because we're part of the Shining Wizards Network. The Shining Wizards are part of the Shining Wizards Network. and. I didn't know there were so many quality programs on said network. Did you, Matt? Well, you definitely should. Nope. <laughs> I knew he was going to say nope. 
So, Matt, then you should probably educate yourself uh, and hear what's on your network. So take a listen. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these words from some of the other. Slow down. Slow down. Well, give me a sign. I got to get there. All right. We're ready now. All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll, We'll be right back after some words from the fine other programs on the Shining Wizards Network. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb. And every week we bring you a fist full of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Rea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your hosts of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network. And join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. 
wrestling fans, you want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network, where three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? Hey, we're back. Um, all right, folks. It's that time of the night where we gotta talk about the rankings. Now, Kate, I have to call you out here because it was thrown down in the Discord before by our good pal, Asian Joe, who said, Will you be singing or rapping? The rankings tonight and you said maybe you know whatever you gave like a half-assed you know maybe right and joe threw down the gauntlet and said he'd send you a pro wrestling tee like this one that i'm wearing uh-huh if you were to sing or rap rankings tonight so do you think you're gonna sing or rap the rankings so i will do it but I will say that the initial question was posed to both Matt and I, and because he threw such a stink about Joe not sending him anything, if he doesn't want to do it, I'll do it. But I will give him the right of first refusal if he wants his pro wrestling tee. Because Lord knows Matt does not have enough wrestling merch <laughs> or stuff. Do you want a free shirt? Or do you want to rap for a free shirt? Well, for, hold, I want to be want very to be clear. Free? I want to be very clear. I <laughs> believe the offer was just to you, Kate. Look, I don't want nothing for free. All right. You guys have made you, you've literally Indian baby diarrhea all over my gimmick the last two months. You've destroyed destroyed you gave up on it. You I destroyed it. Destroyed it. You couldn't just let sleeping dogs lie. Every week we had to try and do a rap. We had to try and do a rap. And then you're rapping like Kevin Malone from The Office. Gritty's over there doing, I don't know, gritty things. All right. First let me show all. you. Let me show you how the rap is done. Oh, oh shoot. Oh, all right. All right. Prepare you yourselves. Sure? I'm gonna pull it up, Matt, so you pull can it see up. it. Prepare oh, yourselves. Matt, this right. is the this is pull the this is your third time, right? Your 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 freshman rap was great. Your sophomore, you went into a sophomore slump, okay. and you've been quiet ever since. So I do also want to clarify that Joe Evans did clarify in the chat. This is an open challenge, so Matt is stepping up. Take it away, Matthew. I don't want oh. anything for free though. And look, I'm not gonna lie. I'm just doing the men's right now. He's working for it. No, okay. I think you've got a complete. The trifecta. Well, I got news for you, buddy. In the last 30 seconds of the commercial block, I just wrote the rap, okay? So. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Well, Matthew. All right. So these are your AEW men's rankings. Your champion, Kenny Omega. Your TNT champion, Sammy Guevara. Give me a beat. Number five, man of the year. Scorpio Sky says, hold my beer. He's moving up, so you better watch out. 
because he's holding lots of clout. Number four is the American Dragon. You're going to want to hitch on to his wagon. Number three is Miro. He's our god and hero. Number two is Mr. Pockets. You better watch out because he's got rockets in them pockets. He's going to smash your face. Orange juice all over the place. And number one is Hangman Page. In 10 days, he gets paid. Whoa! Wow. How do you like them raps, people? That was Tore good. It up. And might I say, a reversal of your usual flow because you went five to one and that one down. I think that's a good call because yeah, you I can build up to the down. champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Hey, that wasn't bad. That's not that bad. Wasn't bad. Throw those all down. In 30 seconds. Not bad. Joe says bars, hot fire bars. Yeah, I wrote them down so fast. I fucked up my Orange Cassidy one, so I had to. I had to. Uh, I had to spitball there. I was wondering because he free, he got an extra. He got an extra few measures there, so I. I yeah, I didn't want to. I just wanted to go. Mister Pockets is number two. Tune into TNT and see what he can do. But I read it the way I wrote it, so <laughs> it was all it was, it was all fucked up. Rob Humphrey just goes. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I mean, I think we all. This is a return to form. A return to form. Guess what? Very light schedule this week. I might have all the rankings next week written out in rap form. So, well, Matt, why don't you just why don't you give it a shot? Take a look at the ladies real quick. Just take a look. Take a look. We've got it up on the screen. So, just I want to. I'll give. I'm going to vamp here, so Matt has a little bit of time. So, for anybody who's uh, not watching us. We still pre pre appreciate. Jeez, look, I'm catching the mats. I was just going to say, we appreciate you uh, listening to us in podcast form. Uh, you can find us on pretty much any podcast forum. Uh, search for the Mark Order Podcast. You can find our whole catalog. Uh, subscribe, like, uh, rate, you know, review, whatever you you got to do. We appreciate all of that. Um, so thank you, but. I do want to mention that every Wednesday night at 10.15, we go live on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, Unfortunately, we can't see the Twitter comments if people are leaving them live, so we apologize. But um, you could see, like, tonight, Rob Humphrey, Jay Shell's hanging out, Mrs. Money was here, Joe Evans, Asian Joe's always hanging out. Uh, We got a lot of people who chat with us. We're very interactive on Wednesday nights. So if you're not watching us live we suggest you watch us live. If you don't watch us live and you want to see all of this kerfuffle that's going on that we're talking about, uh, and sometimes we are talking about visual things like right now, pulling up the rankings, check out our YouTube or our Facebook or our Twitter. You can find the videos. They stay up of the video version of our podcast. So uh, if you'd like to, subscribe on our youtube you can subscribe you can get notifications all that kind of stuff uh you know we appreciate you checking us out if you are uh so matthew was that enough vamping for you that was way longer than 30 seconds yes 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 okay i think i I think i'm feeling good about this okay matt's feeling good we're gonna move on to the women's women's rankings Matt's laughing. That's either that's good or bad. Oh, this Hello, is Buster. Going to be really good or really bad here. Yeah. Um, all right. Oh boy. Brett Baker. She's your champ. She sits at eighteen and one. 
the alien is number five. Is she even alive? Nyla Rose is number four. Everyone thinks she's a bore. From the graveyards, number three, Thunder Rosa is here for me. Number two, it is Jade. Shut the fuck up so she can get paid. Number one, take Conti. She's a badass. And that high knee. Oh, I wish we, Kate, I wish we had the ability to play like sound effects ourselves because I would have hit the bomb and the air horn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was good. That was real good. That was great. Oh, it was good. You're two you, for buddy. two tonight, Matthew. I I a, that lot, a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure over here. You're earning your keep tonight, man. Hey, the good listen. news is you will Go have to earn shipping and handling on the tag teams. That's it. Oh, that's it true. doesn't even have to be that good. That's true. Uh, Joe Evans actually says Matt earned himself bonus items from what? Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, Joe, I don't want anything, Joe. I just want you to tune in every Wednesday night. Rate, review, subscribe. Maybe you go over to the Shining Wizards to do the same thing. Show a little love. And, and oh, all the he already does that. Get your free shit. Network. <laughs> so am well, I, gonna, I, I don't know if I have the tag teams in me. Well, I mean, again, uh, we're going we're gonna to pull them up here. We can vamp for a minute here so you have some time. I think maybe I at, just maybe I'll just try and just spit these bars without You're just going to freestyle? Yeah. Oh. We're taking up time here. We're taking up time. Well, I mean, that's, you know. That's what we do here it's on the podcast. Yeah. Let's try. Let's try. Let's we try. spent 45 minutes talking yeah. about soda and action figures and uh, writing to baseball clubs as little Maddie uh, Bowman. Hey, that's how I roll. All, All right. right here what we, we go. got here? What do we 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 got here? Uh, tag team rankings. Lucha Brothers, they're the tag team champions, 13 and 1. Uh, number five is Private Party. La Wade Dode, it's Private Party. Their minute, I'm at Hardy. Go boom. Number four is the acclaimed. They don't fuck around. They don't play no games. Number three, Jurassic Express. They don't have that little piece of shit Marcus Stunt with them. Number two <laughs> is the Young Bucks. They give zero fucks. And number one is FTR. They're going very far. They're going down to Mexico so they can defend those gross tag titles that didn't rhyme. And I don't care. I shot my load, and that's the rankings. There you go, my friends. That's the rankings. Either. Right till the end. You had it right till the end, pal. Damn it. All right. Well, I'll work on them next week now. Did you ever watch Parks and Recreation? Yeah, I've seen Parks and Rec. Do you remember? That was almost like when John Ralphio is rapping for people and he gets to the last line. <laughs> and it's just like, it doesn't rhyme. They're like, just stop. Just stop, just stop there. One word. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, there you go. There's the rankings for this week. As wrapped by Matt, millionaire Matt Bowman. Millie Matt. Good God. He's sweating. I could see it. That, it that was a hot, lot of work. It got hot over here. It got hot over here. His brain is working. That's why, that's why it got so hot. You see the smoke? I absolutely do. We want smoke. <laughs> well, folks, it's that time of the night. We're going to run down uh, Dynamite here. Um, and uh, some of the commentary was that it was a meh show. But we can talk about it. We're going to go through it. So um, I do want to uh, open up before we even talk about the first match is um, as the first match was Alan Angels versus Kenny Omega. And uh, as Kenny was coming down to uh, the ring, um, they did mention uh, about John Moxley uh, and how, you know, he's out and everybody wishes him the best and full support. 
Uh, and um, I just thought it was kind of cool that, you know, they're not ignoring this, right? Because I think other places, um, you might not get the story. You might just be, yeah, he's injured, right? He's dealing with an injury. So I thought that was kind of cool, but they did call it out right from the start. They're not shying away from what's going on with Mox. With his first match. Is the other thing that's important about that. Like very that's, true. That's very important that he was like, you can tell people where I am. So very true. Very true. Good point, Kate. Um, but uh, I just they're continuing to mention it, right? And and show their support, right? They don't have to, they didn't have to mention it, right? It yeah. hits social. So I just I find it cool that they're not not mentioning it, right? So uh, the first match, Alan Angels versus Kenny Omega. We're going to cut to the finish in some of the after uh, match antics here. Kenny Omega does win by pinfall. Um, he hits multiple uh, V triggers uh, and gets a pin. Post-match, Kenny grabs the mic and says that Angels got a, a good opportunity, but uh, as a god of pro wrestling, Kenny has got the power to giveth and taketh away and calls for the chair uh, from Nakazawa. Uh, he's going to um, he's going to uh, put uh, angels out of his misery here, but Hangman comes down to make the save. Uh, Omega u- goes to use the chair on Page, but Angels uh, yanks it away from Kenny, uh, and then uh, Adam gets lined up for the buckshot, but Kenny rolls out uh, to the floor, and then um, you know uh, leaves his belt in the ring. To which Hangman basically says, "I'll play nice. Here's your belt." Uh, you've got 10 days. Uh, and that's the end of our first match in our segment. Uh, so, um, Ryan, let's go to you first. You've been pretty quiet tonight. What did you think about this match uh, and the uh, post-match antics? thought the match was really good. Alan Angels, Alan Angels is underrated as a talent. And he's actually still incredibly young. I think he, uh, because of Dark Order's all mostly experienced guys, except for him in 10, I think sometimes him in 10's youth gets lost in the you know, the fray because he's 23, maybe. So he's, he's extremely young. Uh, it's a really fun match. It made sense. It was kind of a throwback to, they had a match before and he's been hangman's biggest supporter in, uh, in the, the dark order. So it was a nice, it had a good story. The after was awesome. I mean, I had, a, I think it was kind of funny. The camp, Kenny took out Nakazawa's not Kenny hangman took out Nakazawa so quickly. The camera couldn't even catch it. He was on the ground by the time they cut back, which I just like because Nakazawa's become a really funny uh, part of that that team. And just Kenny's the look of fear on Kenny's face when he saw Hangman come out. It's it's a small, subtle thing, but it tells part, a big part of the story that Kenny does truly fear Hangman. And I love stuff like that when there's just a small reaction, but it tells the whole story. So I, I think this is definitely a good it's always good to kick off dynamite with a good match and just there was story it was a quality match and then you had a good after it was it was to me it, it started the night right yeah i i think that this was a good spot for angels you know first match of the night versus kenny you know uh i thought he looked pretty good he doesn't get a lot of main tv time so it was nice to see him but also i enjoyed the fact that we're still like hangman's making the save right he's kind of making up making amends for not being a good friend in the past, right? He's still kind of making amends and being apologetic. So I like the continuation of that story. Um, I want to actually go to Matt because I think Matt in the past has, has, you know, 
spoken uh, well about Alan Angels uh, and is is a fan of his. Uh, what do you think of this, Matt? I really enjoyed it. To what Ryan was saying, there's a story there. Then they hark back to it that he kind of the only reason he has a job is because of his showing against uh, Kenny Omega in April of last year when the pandemic started. And and uh, I like how Kenny kind of brought it up afterwards in his promo, like people look if you remember back to that that match on dark people were fucking pissed that alan angels got offense in on kenny omega um so i thought it was fun that that kenny brought that up in the promo he said i can make you and i can i can take it away too um it's just a beautiful story the stuff with uh it's nice to see angels on tv you know you know you're not an idiot you know kenny omega is gonna beat him but there's a it, there's a bigger purpose there. It's for Hangman Adam Page to have their showdown. And something I think they did beautifully was that he went for the buckshot and Kenny ducked it and slid out of the ring. Uh, so they really haven't touched yet either, which I think is super important. If you get if these guys are having pull apart brawls leading up this pay per view, for me it kind of takes it takes a little sizzle out of the steak. It's 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 like oh well you know when they first lock up it's not as exciting because I've seen these guys fucking throw bombs at each other. Um, the last couple weeks. So I think they're doing a great job telling this story. I liked the match. It was fun. I think Alan works good with Kenny and I think he's, he's somebody that's going to be around AEW for a while, Alan angel. So I don't think he, he gets hurt by being in the ring with, with Kenny Omega. Yeah. It's, it's great to Matt, to your point about them not touching this story has been built for over a year, right? So why would you want them to touch before they get to the moment? So I agree. It's It's been great to see them play that out. Kate, what did you think of the opener? Well, first of all, I thought they did kind of touch North, North Carolina. <laughs> I think they did, uh, but that was like six months ago at this point. So I that's fine. Uh, I thought the opener was good. I kind of wish the story we had been getting rather than so much group stuff would have been Kenny trying to dismantle all of the dark order and to uh, have Adam page come in a couple more times. But if you are just going to do like one situation like that, uh, going into full gear or the week before full gear or whatever, that is the guy to do it with because there is the history there. And to Matt's point, there were a lot of nerds who was mad that they didn't, that it wasn't just a squash where Kenny V triggered him. Like, the nerdiest nerdum, but I like that they called it back. I just wish he had run through more of the dark order so that we had the more fortified relationship between Adam page and the dark order, but match was good. Post match was great. Uh, this was a good start to dynamite. Kate, let me pose this to you. Cause you bring up, you know, and I think we kind of talked about this, uh, you know, a couple months back, right. Where it's like, maybe Kenny will run through the dark order and then hangman's the one to kind of save it. Right. Um, I'd pose to you that they've been trying to do that, but have been failing and it's almost backfiring on the elite, right? They tried, uh, in the tag match last week to get the best of the dark order, even though hangman wasn't involved, he showed up at the end. It kind of backfired on them. They lost that match. Um, it backfired this week cause he came out to make the save, you know, like, so that's, that's my only counterpoint to you is that they've maybe been they've been trying to do that to sort of break up or dismantle the dark order but maybe the dark order is kind of doing it to the elite right because we'll talk about you know the super or the super click a little later um 
but I think it might be starting to get to them a little bit. So I'm just posing that to you. Possibly. Do you think they've been trying it, but it's been backfiring? That's a, that's a viable story. I think with the idea of Kenny running through the dark order, that's like, I think that would have made a little bit more sense because you had two guys that were tag team champions for a really long time and the world champion, they should be able to, to knock out the dark order pretty easily kind of. So but th- this is fine. I don't think it's bad or anything, but I think it would have just been a better story if it was uh, Kenny at his most vicious meeting, uh, Hangman at his most heroic. I, th- I just think that would have been like a little bit stronger with how long this has gone on. But this was this was a good match. It's a good enough story. I'm just ready for full gear to see. I am ready for Adam Page and Kenny Omega. <laughs> totally. Totally. Uh, so after this, we get a, they hype up the card for the night, but we get a promo from Malachi Black. We don't need to go deep on this, but basically Malachi is, uh, asking why men of power think their decisions serve more than their own interest. And Tony Khan has barred, uh, Malachi from ringside during Cody Rhodes's match against Andrade tonight, but that won't change anything. He says that when Julius Caesar was murdered, it wasn't just Marcus that betrayed him. So sowing the seeds for some shenanigans later. We'll talk about that match. My only comment is, goddamn, Malachi Black is so fucking cool. <laughs> it's it's so crazy. He's a heel, but he's so cool. It's just... Co-signed. God, Malachi Black. Um, we've talked about that ad nauseum. Um, so this is going to be Kate's big segment to talk about for the night. We come back, and CM Punk is making an entrance to the ring. He grabs the mic. And fans begin to chant for him, but he says he doesn't want to hear his name. He's not really in the best mood. He wants to talk seriously. And there's two people that aren't there. One of them is a legitimate reason for not being there. And the name he wants to hear is John Moxley. And the crowd starts to chant. And Punk says he'll spend all of his time listening uh, to the crowd chant for Mox because it's important. They have some history. They're not the best of friends, but um, when he had the situation explained to him, uh, he knows what it's like to go uh, and uh, and show up sick for work and kind of cover injuries, and it all compounds. He doesn't want anyone to criticize Moxley because he's proud of him, and CM Punk had been criticized for that before. And if anybody is watching and they're in a place uh, they need help, you know, ask for it. Uh, he then moves on. Uh, he basically goes on, sorry to say that, um, you're not a tough guy. He thought he was a tough guy for kind of just pushing through it. And, uh, he paid for it. He then moves on to talk about the second person who isn't there. And that's Eddie Kingston last week on rampage. He was interrupted and he doesn't like being interrupted. CM Punk, uh, doesn't know what fabricated beef is in Eddie's head. Uh, that happened years ago, but there's nothing there. And if Eddie's got the balls, CM Punk's got the time and he'll accept an apology live in St. Louis. And we uh, end the CM Punk promo. So, Kate, what did you think about Punk? I thought it was very cool that a known straight edge dude went out and empathized with somebody who was going to rehab for addiction because I think a lot of people. And kind of his whole character run. <laughs> My favorite character run of his in, in WWE for sure was uh, that straight edge people are kind of dicks to anybody who drinks and, and demonizes them. So for the flip side of that, the sincere side of that, and the 
meeting Moxley in his world and being able to understand why someone would turn to their quote unquote demons or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think it was really great to have that guy go out there and do it. And someone who just is, is good at this in general. I think that's fair to say that Punk is really good at doing this. And uh, I liked the Eddie stuff too. So to backtrack to Rampage, because we didn't really go into it. Eddie, after his loss to Danielson, cut through CM Punk's interview. And I really liked that segment because we don't see it in pro wrestling a ton. We don't see someone just kind of breeze through an interview get pushed back by JC Dunn and Ruby Soho, which was also cool because girls hang out backstage too and would get involved in something like that. Uh, and, and like the confrontation gets set up kind of off screen, like that felt very organic and, and spontaneous. So I really liked that. I thought where we were going with this was going to be that we were going to get Punk and Danielson in the finals of the tournament and Eddie was going to cost him and that was going to be Punk's first loss. But they went in a different direction. I think the direction they went in is great. This keeps them on track for full gear. I can't wait to see what Eddie responds with. And I think on the go home, they're going to have a hell of a promo battle. <laughs> and I look forward to that. But I just thought his ability to to marriage what sincerely was happening from a straight edge to talk about an addict with the storyline. That's what he's known for doing the best. And I think this was another example of doing that really well. Matt, any thoughts on the CM Punk promo to the sore loser Eddie Kingston? Uh, yes, Eddie Kingston is a sore loser. CM Punk said that. They will go face-to-face to St. Louis. It will be exciting. There will be fireworks. Will there be fireworks that are better than the exploding ring? 100%. Perfect. And Eddie, Eddie Kingston will catch another L. You want to know why? Why? You know why. Because he's, he's a fucking loser. That's <laughs> not my gimmick to steal. There you go. Uh, Schlong, you want to say anything about this promo set? Uh, yes. I my, just I want to know, Matt, who hurt you? Why are you so angry? Not about this, but we can talk about that later on. Who really did hurt you? Something happened to you in your youth when you were actually little Matty Millionaire. And, uh, little Matty some, Millionaire. If I was a millionaire, nothing would have hurt me. Uh, Something did. Someone came into your room late night and did something. But Uncle Schlong. (laughs) Uncle Schlong with his whiskey breath on the back of your neck. His fucking gritty fur. (laughs) Move along, please. Anyway, I like that this is, I mean, I guess Taz's thing with, uh, Punk was like a wrestling storyline, but this really feels like his first storyline storyline since coming back. That has nothing to do with the fact that he just returned and here he is. This is just something totally out of the blue, and I'm loving that because this is what he needs to to really get back into things. He needs storylines that have nothing to do with the fact that he just came back. It has to. It's him and another guy having a disagreement about something, and in this case, he said it. He doesn't like to be interrupted, and as stupid as that sounds, that is a perfectly punk thing to not like being interrupted. He he is the type of guy who, even when you hear him like on podcasts and stuff, would be like, "Yeah, you probably don't like being interrupted." So, I'm, I'm all for this. This is this is the feud. This is a great feud. I liked on rampage when he went. It's not professional. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll see what kind of fireworks fly Friday night uh, in St. Louis when we get uh, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. 
we get a quick promo from Miro here because Miro uh, has been announced as the challenger for Orange Cassidy to fill John Moxley's vacant spot in the Eliminator tournament. And Miro uh, is asking God if he's helping him or toying with him to put him into the tournament match because he's got to prove himself to him like he has to prove himself to her. I'm assuming he's talking about his hot, flexible wife. Uh, And his road home is paved with the skulls of those who dared to stand before him. He will be forgiven. He will be loved. And then he'll forgive God. I fucking love this Miro. This Miro rules. If anybody wants to expand on that, please feel free or we'll keep moving. I have a question. Yes. Did anyone else start singing uh, Maroon 5, You Will Be Loved when he said said you will? Okay. As long as it wasn't just me. Yep. I and of not. course, it would be me. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's of course, of course, it's you and I that that went that route. Oh, yes, who man? hurt you, Matthew? Who hurt Just, you? Oh, you guys want to have a Maroon Five moment? He will be loved. Moment had so sad. No, Move I missed along. this. This is when, when the Chinese food showed up, so I missed this. Okay, it was a nice little video promo. Um, but we'll talk about Mira a little bit later. Back from commercial, Adam Cole and the Bucks are being interviewed backstage. Cole says that last week was a fluke and that Nick Jackson says uh, they're tough guys. They're not afraid of anything. But then Christian Cage rolls up and lays his hands on Nick. Matt Jackson basically threatens him, says uh, you're outnumbered. And Luchasaurus rolls up and the Bucks try to back off. But a brawl breaks out, spills out into the arena. The elite. You know, seemed to stand tall for a, a moment, but then Jungle Boy comes in with a dive off the stage to take them all out. Christian Spears, Matt, on the stage. They're looking for a kill switch on the uh, greats for the pyro, but then Nick cuts them off with a super kick. Brawl, brawl, brawl. Uh, Adam Cole is now crawling out of the tunnel. Luchasaurus uh, is able to cut off the Bucks. Nick gets choke slammed onto, um, onto Adam Cole's back. Uh, snare trap on Adam Cole. Cage gets the chairs. The con chair toe on Cole. And that's the end of that segment. So a nice little brawl. I'm assuming we're setting up a full gear match between these two trios. Um, Matt, did you... First of all, I don't know if you saw this because you stepped away for your Chinese food. But do you like the thought of this uh, of this feud t- picking back up? And Christian Cage showing up for the first time back on tv in quite a while since his quote-unquote neck injury big big fan of this uh it's weird that they didn't think the elite the super click super elite against jurassic express with marco stunt was sell a dollar worth of anything so they brought in christian cage which is a smart move so that's why this segment worked and that's why jurassic express won the brawl because there's no marco stunt i think matt you're missing something here i think the fact that Marco is not in this match is because they knew it wouldn't be a match because Marco stunt would just run roughshod not easily a, over all of the super click. Just a waste of space. This kid get him. Out. Now they're, they're setting him up to be the hero when the match actually happens. I don't know why. Let him go, but let him go wrestle in GCW with all the other teenagers. Oh my gosh. Send him over there. We're talking about the new belt collector, Marco Stunt. He's going to take that GCW belt. He's going to take all the belts in AEW. He's going to have the tag team championships by himself. He's the tag team champions. He'll take those AAA belts. He'll take everything. Impact. 
Good luck for him. They're not even working with Impact, and he's going to get that belt. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They will for Marco. I wish him the best of luck. All right. He would reign supreme in micro championship wrestling. I mean, listen, it's uh, Marco Stunt is a, a, a giant among mortals. And I think you know that, and it scares you. There it is. You found it. No, it doesn't scare Marco me. Stunt is single handedly going to revive ROH. Uh, single handedly. He's going yeah. to breathe life. I can't do this podcast into anymore. that promotion. <laughs> Listen. Rob Humphrey says Marco's the goat. Go. He's right. Marco Marco's champion. That's right. Joe Evans rules. He's gonna take I all the belts. Did not like this. I was bored, and I think that Matt Jackson is dumb if he ran into Luchasaurus and was like, I'm sure none of your other friends are around backstage where we always all are. That was stupid. I thought the action that actually unfolded was pretty cool. Like uh, the stuff uh, Jungle Boy was doing particularly was really cool. But I just sometimes with these trios and with these stables, which we can get into later, like just have the fucking match already. (laughs) Like just get it moving. They get a little melee happy sometimes. And this was one of those. And for people as seasoned as, the Jacksons to be caught off guard by the fact that Luchasaurus's friends who he's always with would be hanging around is dumb. It's bad storytelling. They're veterans. They should know better. I didn't like it. Ryan, before you say anything, I hope that you're going to ask Kate who hurt her and why she doesn't like fun. Go ahead. Kate, who hurt you and why don't you like fun? We don't have enough time in the rest of this podcast to get into that. And I love Ooh, fun. I, I sing Maroon 5 with you. I just didn't like this segment. And but I like actually, Cassidy, and I like Marco's stunt. I love fun. I went on a cruise. Fair. fair. <laughs> now, my point actually is going to be that it makes sense that the Jacksons didn't think Luchasaurus would have his buddies there because the last three times they did this, no one came in and saved the person they jumped. They were getting away with this all the time. This is the first time someone's actually one up to them. So... Fair, it, it, but shouldn't got... you always fear the possibility that Marcus? No, you get cocky. Listen to what well, I. They knew said. he wasn't at the. He knew they knew he wasn't at the building. So that's the only Marco reason they took a the shot. Building. Okay, it's the only reason it. they that's, took a shot. That's, that's right. Fair. That's fair. Touché. I'm okay with this. I, it is dragging a little long. The only thing is they kind of let it drop when Christian had to go do his impact stuff. So I'm okay that they're trying to give it a definitive ending, just because now he's back and he can actually have the match. But it needs to be over after this pay-per-view because then it can't do like an inner circle thing where this continues. Like end it, let them go. There's not obviously split up, but let the two groups go their separate ways. Um, But it's just to me, when Christian went to Impact, they let him go there and not be on AEW. So they couldn't have this, this trios match. Now you can. And they actually didn't have any matches booked for Cole or the Young Bucks at you know, at full gear. And I think you're obviously going to want those three in a match. So why not give them, you know, Christian and Lucha Express. Now, Lucha, doing that all the time. Jurassic Express. Because <laughs> um, I, I see Lucha Source and it goes in my head. But uh, it just, I, I mean, I, I'm, I understand, Kate, they do drag some of these things too long. If there was a better storyline right now, I might be more upset, but I'm okay with this. And I like the fact that this is the first time someone seems to really have gotten one up on the elite in a while in terms of a backstage segment and the ring it's different, but 
most of the time backstage, they come out on top. Well, we'll see how this lines up because uh, it looks like we're going to get it at full gear. After this, we do get a video package for the TBS Championship Tournament matchup between Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander. We don't need to go into that. But we do want to go into the FTR Open Challenge match for the AAA World Tag Team Championship belts. Um, so I want to call out here Aerostar and Samurai Del Sol. Uh, we're the team who decided to take up FTR on their challenge. Now, Aerostar is uh, a AAA talent. Samurai Del Sol, some uh, people out there may know him as Kalisto for the time he I'm spent in the heat. To stay and make, make, a, make a, a, a good good lucha, lucha thing. God damn Woo! That's right. Oh, that would be Kalisto. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, so we'll just... We'll cut to the finish here, uh, and uh, Ryan wants to jump in on this, but uh, FTR does win by pinfall with a victory roll. Uh, Cash had a handful of tights and uh, and holding on to the rope uh, to pin Aerostar to retain their AAA World Tag Team Championships. Um, there were some uh, uh, there were some uh, shenanigans later on. We'll talk about with uh, FTR, but uh, that ends this segment. Now, Ryan you would like to uh, talk a little bit about Samurai Del Sol for a moment here. So I'm glad you knew where I was going. Um, Jay Shell brought it up in the, in the chat, but it's, I actually, if you, if people are wondering, listening, why was I pretty quiet for a while? I was trying to figure out if more happened on this. Um, there seems to be some Twitter drama. Uh, Samurai Del Sol tweeted um, that he quote unquote, talked to Brody, um, John, actually, let me just read it. Talk, Prayed and talked to John, parentheses, Brody Lee, before I match. Thank you for showing me your home at AEW and giving me the strength and energy I need today forever in my heart, Hermano. Chris Jericho then replied, you spelled his name wrong because he spelled it J-O-H-N. And people thought, well, what the hell is Jericho doing? Amanda Huber agreed with him. She, she, someone said, well, it's really odd that she is agreeing with him. She said, why is that? I feel it's reasonable to expect a level of respect of spelling someone's name, right? If you're, if you want to name drop them. So clearly Jericho and Amanda Huber think that Kalisto actually doesn't care about Brody Lee. And he's trying to use the name to get over. I don't know. It's a weird thing to pop out after, but it's clearly something that would impact if anyone's hoping Samurai Del Sol will come back again. I think something like this would really negatively impact that. That's it is a weird, weird. It's yeah. a weird tweet to throw out there uh, in the first place, you know. Um, All of it's weird. Why wouldn't you like if somebody spelled his name wrong? Like, why wouldn't you just text him? <laughs> like, do it in private. So Hold. So like, if you think he's name dropping, do that accountably and like hold that accountable in private. Like, not everything has to be done on fucking Twitter. I agree. I mean, people are pointing out that Miro, uh, Jay Shell just did it. Miro spelled Brody wrong every time. But the only thing I'm going to say is it was very well known that Miro and John Huber were good friends. Like that wasn't a question. They there's plenty of stuff about them. I think Brody spelled it with a Y on the Indies too. I think he was both iterations of of Brody's name. I think and his birth name is John. His gimmick name is Brody. So yeah. Difference, yeah, I, I but I wonder there has to be. I all I can think of is for Amanda to get in on this that there has to be something more here that she's pissed that 
the former Kalisto would do this, and I just can't think of why. But again, I the only reason I even, why? Why? When was the last time you heard anything from Kalisto? And go. here he is on AEW, and he has his moment, and then he just goes on Twitter and he do, he puts out this this tweet. You know, look, I don't know the guy. I don't know if Kalisto and 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 John had a relationship. Brody Lee, you know, Amanda would know better than anybody. Uh, he could just be looking for his fucking five minutes. He could just be name dropping. He could just be a shit stir, a piece of shit, just looking for some fucking recognition. You know, she has every right to be upset. That's her husband. If you're going to fucking name job, drop, at least do it right. I guess it's just very weird that it's all on Twitter. Like, do it off screen, weirdos. Well, I mean, why does he, you know, why did he have to put that on Twitter? You know, where? If you're, all... if you're Amanda Huber and you have that taken down, so they're going to fucking take that down if you text them or if you're Jericho for that matter. And you're like, dude, that's not the move. Like that dude's going to go take it down. And then if not, then then drag him in public. I get it's just very that feels so like weird and high schooly to me in a locker room that is not uh, often that way. <laughs> I mean, who know? You know, again, no one no one here knows the relationship between Kalisto and John and if there was one. Sure, and, but all of it's weird. It's just very right, weird. Well, you've like, seen all these people come and go in the last 11 months that have probably worked with, with Brody Lee, and they've had their shots on Dine, and not one person has put a tweet out like this. Yeah, it's just weird. I agree. It's kind of weird timing for somebody oh, who's in it's the just first like, It's just time. like all the people who put like the rest in peace like when a wrestler dies, but they've never had any interactions with them. They act like they know the person. And they're just they're just like, oh, I shook his hand once or I knew, you know, they're all sad. And then you, you know, go back through their timeline and they spent the majority of their time fucking just shitting all over them because, you know, that's the fucking cool thing to do. It's just odd. All of that. What odd. I do think this tells us is that we probably won't see Samurai tell soul back like signed at any point. Yeah. Fair. And it was a good match. That's the shame because this they the. FTR works really well with Lucha, which was ex- surprising because they're so old school in their style. But it actually gives you hope for when they go down to AAA and what the what they're going to do down there. But man, they um, sell so well though. FTR sells just makes everybody look good. Like first of all, I loved the American flag and Mexican flag knee pads that they had that ruled. Yes. I loved that on the gear. Uh, but I I just can't say enough about how valuable FTR is to any tag team division. Like they just make everybody look so good with what they do. It's insane. Uh, I do want to call this out. <laughs> Asian Joe says, um, you can't have Samurai Del Sol in AEW because there can only be one Del Sol and that's Fuego. I'm going to say this, Joe Samurai didn't eat another pin tonight. Just saying. Actually, there's a Fuego 2 now. It's a good point. Fuego 2 doesn't have as many losses as Fuego del Sol. Just well, he hasn't been here that long. Just saying. Fuego 2 has only been here for like a minute. Um, Listen, I thought the match was actually... I enjoyed this match a lot. I enjoyed the stuff early on where, you know, uh, Aerostar and Samurai del Sol were uh, 
kind of flipping around and shit. And Dax is just standing, staring at him and then gives him the fingers and gets down to business. You know, like I love all that stuff. I think that's actually why you put FTR in Mexico. They'll just be nuclear heat, right? Cause they don't give a shit about any of that stuff. Um, so I enjoyed this match. I thought the action was pretty good. I did think it was odd for Samurai Del Sol to start doing the Lucha house party, Lucha chants during the middle of that match. But to each his own, I guess. Um, so, Sean, it sounds like you like the match. Matt, did you have any problems with this? Uh, I was eating my Chinese food during this match, so I did miss it. But uh, um, uh, Jay, Jay Chell, am I saying that right? Jay Chell. Jay Chell. Jay yeah. Chell. He said she saw an article about uh, Brody and Kalisto, and I looked it up. Apparently, they were friends, so uh, this just makes it even more weirder. Twitter drama. But I missed the match. I do want to go back and watch it because I do really like Samurai Del Sol. Uh, his indie stuff before he got brought to the WWE and Evolve. His Some of his shit, his matches with uh, El Generico are fucking bangers. So I don't doubt that this was an awesome match. Uh, so I do want to go back and watch it. But I missed it because I was eating my Chinese. No worries. You should check it out. I, I thought both uh, Aerostar and Samurai Del Sol looked good in FTR. Sold the shit out of everything as they always do. Uh, and of course, get the heel win. Um, we get a batch backstage uh, presentation uh, of the 50 win trophy to I think her name is Shida, if I'm reading this right. Shida. Um, and Nyla Rose runs in to congratulate her, says she's hit a full on roadblock because Nyla's got Shida next in the tournament. It's going to be an easy night for them. We go to break. I'm not looking forward to this match. I will probably skip it and eat some Chinese food like Matt did tonight when we eventually get it. I don't know if anybody wants to talk about this. I, I do because literally all of it was. Knew it. All of this was dumb for because, okay, it's not going to be easy. She's beating you like every time, man. She always beats Nyla. Like, why, why am I suddenly supposed to once? Whatever. No, no, no. Uh, I'm saying. Uh, she just got the bum leg. Okay, and, but then it pivots into this. They didn't even bring that up, did they? She did say know. how's. She did. Nyla did ask how's the leg doing. Okay, so they at least acknowledged it. But then she said something about her fifty of the wins and how long it took her to get them. And I was like, she's the fastest one to fiftieth wins in the division. That makes no fucking sense. And you've been there equally as long. This made no sense. And you have a henchwoman who could be cheating for you. Everything about this sucked. I hate this. It was terrible. I don't understand why they keep going back to these two. I don't either. I hate them both. I just don't get it. And I don't. I don't give a shit about a trophy. It means nothing. Rob Humphrey, congratulate Sheeta on winning that $4.50 trophy. She's not going to bring it to the fucking ring with her. She can't wear it like MJF wears his his diamond uh, ring. It's a fucking, it's stupid. What did Jungle Boy do with his? He probably rested it. He probably rested it on Anna Jay's Cooley. That's what he did with it. Well, I liked it. I liked the story of Sheeta having to chase her 50th win. Like if if Serena Deeb was just going to get in her way constantly, that would have been a great story. Like then the trophy makes sense. Cause it's like a physical representation of the story. Like Serena Deeb just keeps sabotaging her along the way, but then she got the win. 
So there's no chase in that. If Serena fucking up her leg costs her, that's something, I guess. If this is going to lead to Jade and Nyla, that could kind of be cool. So I don't want to completely shit on it, but like the... It's a it's a different story. It's something completely different than we've gotten. I'm at yeah. least open minded to it, but this segment was a disaster. Like the <laughs> fact, good either. I I I don't think, but like the best way to handle both of them is to have a slow match with big spots, and that's what that would probably be. So for what they're capable of, that would make sense. But this segment was just stupid. There's no reason for Sheeta to fear Nyla at this point. And Sheeta was absolutely the fastest one to 50 win to 50 wins. Like it makes no sense that Nyla would be like, why did it take you so long to get there? It's like, you haven't even gotten there. And she was the first one to do it. Hated everything about this. I still don't understand what Vicky has really done for Nyla in the like six months she's been managing her. This doesn't work. I don't get it. So yeah, I don't like it. I'm with you, Kate. I, I think if Sheeta had struggled to get her 50th win, or as you say, 50th win for, uh, you know, a, she said 50th twice. And since she makes fun of how I say home, I have to get her on something. Well, I said 50th, so it was probably my pop filter fucking up. <laughs> but uh, if Sheeta had been chasing that for months, then that's a story where she just couldn't get it. Then And then that, in, that insult of, from Nyla makes sense. I'm like, well, how long it take it? Because you you struggled for months to get it. Um, one match isn't enough to to make that insult work. I, I, it all comes down to I don't think they know what to do with Nyla, and it's a shame because she loses all the big matches. So as a heel, she doesn't work because you need to to come out on top of at least one feud. And I almost think it's time to turn her face. I'm going to keep arguing that she everywhere else she appears, she has tons of personality. They. They could use a monster face in terms of like, you know, kind of like what the big show would be at times where he would put the heels in their place as the face. Um, I'm not looking forward to Nyla versus Jade only because I don't know who leads that match. Um, but Kate's right. At least we haven't seen it. I'm willing to to wait and see what, what happens there. But yeah, this promo made no sense. So you're and- assuming Nyla is going to run through this and get to Jade? Is it run? Does she have to run? Th- oh no, because you got Ruby, don't you? In the way. I yeah. hope it's Ruby. I hope to go. And I yes, forgot, I, Bell, uh, she did, did beat Nyla for the belt. It, and I, I had my uh, for your time. <laughs> that is correct. I had my brackets mixed up. I thought uh, Nyla faced Jade before they would have had to get that far. But yeah, no. Then no, I think Ruby actually goes farther. Which again is Nyla as the heel taking a loss. I don't like any of it. I think Nyla loses in the next round, and I couldn't give a shit. Um, so they go back from the commercial. The inner circle is making their entrance to the ring. They're going to get to um, to choose which members of American Top Team face uh, the inner circle full gear in a 10-man Minnesota street match, whatever they're calling this Minneapolis. now. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. It's Minnesota. It's the same shit. Um and that's when American Top Team enters. Lambert comes out, basically uh, protests that uh, his face isn't even that fat uh, and uh, demands respect. And then Ref Aubrey runs a, an open contract to the ring for the inner circle to pick who they're going to wrestle. He introduces all the choices. Uh, obviously, we're going to get the, uh, um, sorry, the men of the year. Uh, but now they have to choose from Andre Arlovsky. 
Junior Dos Santos and two dudes from Bellator. Um, I don't know, remember the names. One is Paige Van Zant's husband. The other guy is whoever. Um, I will say this. I, f- I failed to mention that Lambert does mention that he is the first member of American Top Team and that uh, he has assembled a crew of killers and blah, 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 blah. And so uh, Jericho allows Hager to make the first pick. He picks Junior Dos Santos, um, calls him Popeye. Santana makes the next pick. He picks Andre Arlovsky. Asks, uh, he asks what happens when he doesn't have rules and regulations to protect him. And then Dan uh, Lambert tells him before they make selection number three that Jericho said some really bad stuff about Paige Van Zandt a couple weeks ago, and her husband is part of the as members of the options, and he goes to say something, but Paige Van Zandt steps in and says uh, she doesn't need a man to fight her battles. Her schedule is wide open on November 13th. There's no Instagram filter that can hide the beating she'll give them. And then she says that their pants are so tight that uh, the inner circle's pants are so tight they don't have the balls to pick her, and Jericho says that if she, er, er, and that Jericho says if she wants uh, to take on all five of them at once, she can put it. Oh, I'm sorry, she says I'll take on all five of you at once. To which Jericho says, uh, "The joke writes itself, but if you want, you can put it on your OnlyFans page." And then uh, Ortiz, I think, says in Spanish, "You kiss your mother with that mouth." And uh, she asks, what did he say? And Guevara says, he said, you're a bitch. And Jericho puts us back on track and says that uh, Paige can hold her own. Um, They could pick her husband. They can pick the other guy. But they're going to take the number one guy in American Top Team, and that's Dan Lambert. Lambert starts to lose his mind. He says he uh, said fighters or wrestlers, whatever, but... They agree it's going to be Dan Lambert, so it'll be Lambert, Arlovsky, and Junior Dos Santos with American, uh, I'm sorry, with uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page versus the Inner Circle in a 10-man street fight at uh, Full Gear. Now, I'll say this, fellas and lady, um, Junior Dos Santos, the first match didn't look terrible. Right, they're gonna have a street fight, so we should look protected. I am not looking forward to seeing Arlovsky in any sort of capacity here, and I certainly do not want um, to see Dan Lambert in this. Obviously, it's a street fight, so they can kind of protect everybody, right, and keep people off camera and blah blah blah. I don't know if I have hope for this. I just really hope this is the end after full gear. The segment was what it was. I think we knew we were going to get double entendres out of Paige Van Zant, and that Jericho was going to call him out. I don't have a problem with that. He's being high school humor Jericho. I do. It is, it is what it is. Fucking problem with it. Go ahead, Kate. I would rather watch Nyla and Sheeta 700 times in a row than watch any more of this fucking dog shit. I'm so over it. I'm so over stables and AW dragging their shit this long this is the worst angle they've done in aw and faces aren't supposed to be misogynistic pricks i'm so sick of high school jericho and his like kind of homophobic kind of misogynistic bullshit jokes just do better it's so old we got called a bitch and we had you don't have the balls in the same fucking promo this angle sucks i'm so over it Faces aren't supposed to be demeaning women. 
It's dumb. It sucks. Heels kind of shouldn't either. Just do better. This is horseshit. I'm so sick of this being on my television week after week. And the feud blows. I don't want to see Dan Lambert in the ring. I don't even want to see anything he's doing now. This to me is the absolute worst angle they've had. And they have a tendency when they have these mega stable feuds to drag them out instead of just not giving them some breathing room and giving them a week off. This sucks. I hate everything about it. There's, And it's just holding back so much talent. Like, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are phenomenal. This is not helping them. Sam Guevara has a title. Like, Santana and Ortiz should be in line for the tag titles. They're not even ranked. This fucking blows. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this so much. Yeah, so, okay, how clear. do you feel about it? Eh. You, do, you do realize who you do a podcast with, right? Yeah, I hate you guys too. Like, we make all the same jokes. Yeah, you yeah. make them at me, not on television. And also, this is a little different, and Paige Van Zandt actually gets to go in and fucking kick his ass. The fact that she said, I can step in the ring and kick your ass, and then they made these misogynistic jokes, and then she didn't get any sort of redemption at all as the face is horseshit. And I know you guys. It's different. Like, and I'll call you out if it's uncomfortable. This is not something I want portrayed on television week after week. It sucks. It's not, and it's as tired as it is insulting. Like, it's also not entertaining on top of being offensive. It's so fucking boring. Uh, an OnlyFans joke. Like, fuck off. Just do a better job. This sucks. This I want to be clear about one thing. I don't, I don't like this angle. I don't think this segment was great. It was what it was. I just, I mean, he's been doing this, this, you know, schoolboy humor now for weeks now. So it didn't strike me. Yeah, no, I, I get that it doesn't you know. register. I, it's just over and over again. And it's across so much programming right now. And I do a lot of podcasts, but like this, like, oh, banging five guys at one shit. And then like the, who's on top joke that he made a note. I'm just like, God, like you're the face do better. You're supposed to be the good guy. People, people laugh at those dumb jokes though. Yeah. Stop. They're not fucking funny. Well, people have to stop laughing at them. Like the crowd reacts to his, his, his high school humor. Great. Say something else that gets a reaction. That isn't dog shit. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just pointing out the facts that, this it's, it's uh, this over. whole angle, Lambert's over too. Like he gets booed from town to town. It doesn't mean I like it. You can say you can choose to do better and also get reactions. It's trash. It's fucking trash. Get off my TV and end this godforsaken angle after full gear. This has not worked from day one. This cranky. I am. I'm very cranky. I Sick can tell. Being take your jeans off. I just take my jeans off. Yeah, you should feel better about that. Shlong, what did you want to say? So, a couple things here. I'm Kate's right about like mo- the majority is just stupid humor. It's especially with Paige Van Zant not being able to get her revenge. Like, I think that's a moment where like the only thing I'm gonna say is if Jericho didn't know what she was gonna say, like if these are unscripted lines and she said the line, I could take five of you at once. I'm sorry. Anybody in, in their head's gonna go, Did you really just say that? Like, that's such a like there is her. Uh, to quote the show Archer, phrasing. Um, but then the followed up with the OnlyFans line made it worse. Like, he should have just left it there. The Sammy thing made me laugh only because he notoriously can't speak Spanish. 
So like she asked him, they asked him what he said. He doesn't know like what Ortiz said. So I think I would bet he, he really did have to think of that on his feet. And that was all he could come up with because he notoriously doesn't speak Spanish. That being said, it's not a justification for the rest of it. Jericho has been taking these shots at her and she's not going to get her revenge, which typically when you have this style of shots, the person is getting one over like Paige would be getting one over on Jericho again and again and again. And she's not, she's, she's just constantly the heel. Why am I rooting for her to get the revenge? That's stupid. She will because she will. The other... Yeah. But if she does, she but will. She's the heel. Why am I rooting for that? She's That's going to fun. get the revenge at full gear and American right. top team's going to win. Because of her. But yes. why would I but I'm not supposed to be rooting for her is my point. She's the fucking I won't heel. say it makes any of it better, but if you tell me it at full gear she punches Jericho in the mouth and that has a big whatever, at least they did that. Like there's a comeuppance. But otherwise yeah. it just feels like you're and I get Matt's point. People are laughing and but there's also a point of like just because pe people laugh at a lot of things that are are you need to be better than. So it one, I guess the Kate's issue and a lot of the issues I'm seeing online is that it's week after week after week. You can get away with this once in a while, but think of something new. Enter the uh, and don't, and but... don't get it twisted. I do not enjoy any of this. Uh, oh, I know you don't. I'm I'm not trying to. This was, to, to everyone's point, this was long. It was drawn out. The whole, the payoff is they beat the shit out of Dan Lamb. That's what you're going to get at full gear. And then hopefully, dear God. Hopefully, this dear, is dear. over. I don't even believe in God. So, what about Miro? He's a, he's not a god. He is a man. I've seen his. You don't, seen, you don't believe seen, in his god, though. I've seen his penis. I have too. I, so, just real quick, two comments on this, and I'll follow up. One, it's clear that Jericho, as a face, really struggles to find at this point a way to connect that he didn't twenty years ago. Like he's going back over the same playbook, which really is a kind of annoying. Two, Paige Van's aunt needs to get into wrestling. I mean, she seems She's to great. get it. She's great. So if anything comes good comes out of this feud, I really hope it's her getting into a wrestling ring because I think she'll be great. We'll see how this plays out. A couple weeks. Hopefully it's over. Dear God. It's over so. in the attitude era. So hopefully it's over in a few weeks. <laughs> well. To Matt's point, I think, unfortunately, as long as people are cheering, they ain't going to stop. Um, I don't disagree. I'm. It's just, it's business, man. People are popping. It's, they're not going to change the formula. You know what I mean? Get it. Do better business is my point. They do better business the whole fucking rest of the show. Stupid. Well, I shouldn't be rooting for Paige Van Zandt. She's the heel. It's dumb. You can root anyway. for whoever you want. I just, because I'm the Mike uh, Preventure said, like, you know, if, if Vance Zant's husband had said, I could take all five at you at once, the joke wouldn't have been made. I don't know. Like, that is probably not, and that is an issue where, like, I'm saying I get why if you don't know that line's coming, it sticks out in your head because you're like, what did someone just say? But at the same point, I agree. He is definitely targeting his jokes in a very... I feel like I'm on Jerry Springer in 1997 type way. Yeah. And it, it feels and like very odd. Stone Cold and Vince McMahon is going to be the next segment. Like, it's just like, so do you, Ryan, do you think they don't know what they're going to say? Are you telling me 
you don't think that they knew what Paige Van Zandt was saying here? So most of the AEW promos aren't scripted. They're bullet points. I don't know what, the, what American Top Team, how much freedom they, they give these guys. Because they have given, like, they give negative one freedom. He just gets bullet points. So, like, I don't know if they feel like we're growing adult. And Dan Lambert just gets bullet points. So I don't know if Paige Van Zandt does. So there's a very good chance she just has bullet points and said that. I think with what happened with Max Caster, Tony Khan has tightened up the reins a little bit. So I think he knows uh, what is going. He may they may still have bullet points, but I think he's very stern on what you can say and what you cannot say. Yeah, but you're not going to tell Jericho anything anyway because it's Jericho. It's really hard to rein sure. in. But he Tony Khan writes you signs your fucking checks, so Jericho's going to listen to him. And if he says, "Hey, don't be a fucking pig, knock it off," you would hope Jericho would listen. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm giving him the be- not the benefit of the doubt because he doesn't earn, like. I'm just giving credit. Like, if you don't know it's coming and you make a shitty joke, it happens. But if you know ahead of time, like you've seen it that this is coming, then that's your fault for being like, "I'm still going to say this." You had the second to think about it. I think they knew exactly where this was going. Everybody knew. Everybody knew she was gonna make a comment about taking five of you on at once. And I think that to contradict Mike's point about the joke wouldn't have been made, the fact that they've already made a joke about who's on top with American Mm. Top Team, I disagree. I think they would have made a joke about him saying, I'll take you all on at once. And it would have been because, you know, Paige, you know, steps in or she won't let him do whatever, blah, 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 whatever, however they wanted to phrase it. But I believe there still would have been a joke there. No, it would have been your wife has your balls in her purse. Yeah, that probably would have also been said. (laughs) It wouldn't have been exclusive. Let's move on before I have a coronary. Let's keep going and just see what that looks like. (laughs) You've already had a coronary. We go backstage with Matt Seidel, Lee Moriarty, Dean, uh, Dante Martin, and Leo Rush. Um, Seidel congratulates Martin on beating him. Friday, and if he wants to train with Leo, that's fine, but plenty of people want to train with uh, Seidel, like Lee Moriarty, and they challenge Leo Rush and uh, Dante Martin to a match, so at some point we are going to get Dante Martin and uh, Leo Rush versus Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. Should be a good match. I'll take it. That should slap. Uh, We go to our TBS championship or TBS championship tournament first round match. Excuse me. Anna Jay versus Jamie Hayter in what I would like to call Matt's battle of the coolies. Um, Jamie Hayter wins by pinfall. That short arm lariat. Um, There were some shenanigans. Britt Baker and Reba were at uh, ringside and uh, they caused a distraction with uh, the referee. And that allows uh, Jamie Hader to get the uh, the advantage for the win. Post match, um, <clears throat> the attack is on Anna J. The Tay Conti comes down to make the save, uh, lays everyone out. Uh, big boot to Brit. Um, then she gets overwhelmed, uh, and they start to put the beat down on Tay Conti. Thunder Rosa comes down to make the save, and uh, we're off to the races uh, for our next round of matches. So we're building this Brit Baker Tay Conti in two weeks. We're building this Thunder Rosa match that'll be coming up against Jamie Hayter. Um, honestly, uh, I thought that this 
I thought Jamie Hayter looked kind of whack in this match. And I like what she's shown so far, but I feel like there was some disconnect in this match. I feel like there were a couple points where Jamie Hayter took an extra second and it kind of fucked things up. But this went the way it needed to go, right? I don't think Anna Jay was going to move on. I think, you know, we needed to put Jamie Hayter in this position because she'll go against Rosa and Rosa's going to beat Jamie Hayter, right? So I think this is all playing out the way I would have kind of booked it. Um, I just didn't love Jamie Hayter in this match tonight. I, I thought she looked disjointed. Um, not sure where we want to start. Kate, did you have any issue with this? Um, yeah, it was, it was booked properly. It was just a little clumsy. Like, I think this was just, uh, a symptom of them not having like the greatest chemistry or whatever, which just happens from time to time. Like the fluidity wasn't there at points. I thought Anna Jay looked great. It, it did seem like Hater was just like a little a little clunky. It almost seemed like they were always half a step off or something for yeah. a lot of these sequences, but nothing terrible. Uh, I like the the booking. It's nice to see Thunder Rosa back. She did have a concussion, which yes. came out recently that I completely forgot about. So I'm glad that she is seemingly medically cleared or close enough, at least that she's on screen to come around after. And it adds another story to the Thunder Rosa and Brit feud if she does beat Hater or if she loses to Hater. It's still there, right? So uh, that is all good stuff. And then Brit's presence being there and obviously Tay Conti coming out also makes sense. So they just, um, the, the match never really got like off the ground. They didn't really find their flow, but nothing in, insane. And at least from a storytelling perspective, it makes sense, which is not something we've had in the women's division very much. So I will take that. Continuing to build these stories. Um, Ryan, what did you think of this match? I like the match. Like Kate said, it had clunky moments. I think the women's division suffers in general because, and not going to go too deep into this, but if they let them have more matches, they probably would have a lot better chemistry even for first-time matchups. Like, they wouldn't be as out of practice. A lot of this feels like Jamie Hayter hasn't wrestled. I mean, she's wrestled a few, but not as much as many matches a lot of the men have. And all of a sudden she's expected to perform like let her get some reps in um one thing that drives me nuts in in with this match and i see it sometimes other matches at AEW. why wasn't tay down there already like i know you could have still got the same outcome you could have still had the cheating win but why wouldn't she just be down there anyway she knows what brit's all about like you should be you should be down there waiting the thunder rosa say proves yes i know it's because thunder rosa and jamie hater are going to to have a match, but the way Brit sprinted out of that ring shows that they are telling it's just they're telling not the same story, but it's got the same long term storytelling as Hangman and Omega, where like they know what they have there. And Thunder Rose, as soon as her music hit, the crowd loved it. She is so loved in, the, in that uh, in that company. So I'm I'm very excited they haven't forgotten that she is Brit's you know ultimate uh, enemy frenemy man what'd you they're think friends. no just enemy friend of me they're buddies they're friends brit is her dentist okay come on <laughs> don't be silly guys. i don't like my dentist i see that match, here and they suck the match was good it was fine i it was what it was uh anna jay is you know what she got 30 matches under her belt and you know i don't think jamie hater wrestled the last year because she's from the uk so 
you know, you factor in those things and yeah, there was, it was a little clunky, but it was a good match. It was fine. It served its purpose. And, uh, and I'm excited for the uh, the story that they're telling with Britt and Thunder Rosa. It'll be interesting to see how this Thunder Rosa uh, Jamie Hater match plays out in the next round. And you know, do we do we push Jamie Hater? Do we want Britt to have a, a little more gold in her stable? Uh, does Thunder Rosa beat Jamie and then Jamie and company uh, cost her the next round? It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I'm I'm liking it. So we got a picture in picture. They didn't mention heels. We didn't get a, a real commercial break. So kudos. And I think this match lasted longer than the whole queen of the ring in the WWE. So correct. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is correct. Only half the criteria to be an official women's match. this time. <laughs> is yeah. heel still a thing? Fuck if I know, man. It is. <laughs> I, I think it is, but they're just not doing as much. Can I sign up for heels and get free things? Do you want me to try and put him for a heels fan pack, Matt? Is that what you're? No, asking? I will. Put, I will identify as whatever I want. Just give me free shit. <laughs> a woman, six years old, whatever. <laughs> yes. Interesting thought, eight. though. Do Interesting you want thought. My heels Wait. tote bag. You can have it. No, I don't know what I would put in it. <laughs> Shoes, makeup, you know, heel stuff. And I'm talking about the way they kind of identify with their heels. They do makeup tutorials. Yeah. And uh, talk about shoes, I guess. I have no fucking idea. But that's an interesting point, Matt. I wonder how they would uh, how they would address like I identify as a woman. Because they'd be fine with it. I think you have to, right? My money's green. They don't give a shit. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody's tried it. Give it a shot. Go for it. I would if I had time to like you know sit in on the, the makeup tutorials and stuff. Sometime. I want Matt to do it and then to like do my eyeshadow sometime. I want Matt to do it and find himself. Be like, holy shit, this is who I should have been all along. Yeah. Matt becomes a makeup artist to the stars. Yeah, no, that nothing idea. that that very specific <laughs> thing. Thank you, Kate, for understanding the makeup part of it. I want him to be like, what, why am I not doing makeup my entire life? I'm great at this. Sorry, pre oh pre pre you, Ryan. I didn't even uh, properly help paint this room I'm sitting in. So, <laughs> oh no, I was like, eh, I think that's good. And my wife was like, you missed that whole spot. I'm like, eh, it'll be fine. <laughs> I don't think makeup is in the cards for me. Only but if I can get like, a free T-shirt, you had an AW. I'll just buy <gasps> Joe Evans for Matt rapping today. Please buy him an AEW heel shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees. You know what, Joe? Joe, do me this. Michelle just won me over. Matt, you become the new <laughs> rebel. Joe, don't buy me anything from Pro Wrestling Tees. Go over to patreon.com slash wizards podcast. Become a Patreon. Okay? Don't buy me anything. Support the Shining Wizards there. I don't need another t-shirt. Kate's right. I have way too many t-shirts. <laughs> so many that I keep I have to I literally rotate my t-shirt collection. It's a, it's a that's a first class problem. That is, it's a millionaire problem. Is millionaire? That. What do you want from me? What's yeah. next? Talk to me, boss. Jade Cargill cuts a short promo. She says she's going to win the title and change it to that bitch championship. But then we get into MJF. He makes his entrance. Shivani calls him. See, the my favorite line of the night made me pop really hard. 
was uh, Shivani says, speaking of TBS, TBS stands for the big shithead. Speaking about MJF. Uh, stares uh, down Darby Allen, who's watching from the crowd. Uh, says they both know without him the company doesn't work. They know who the who they are and what they'll become, and uh, that's legendary. So why do they boo him and cheer Darby? You know, MJF isn't deaf. Here's a crowd chanting for Darby every week. He's a symbol of everything the people want to be but can't. And Allen is everything they are, an outcast, an incel who can barely string four words together. He thinks he throws himself around with such abandon because deep down he knows he's not good enough to be a member, a functioning member of society. Um, he says he's just like them. He'll never uh, fit in. He'll never win. Um, and uh, he says if he steps in the ring and be, uh, and he, you step in the ring and become a glorified stuntman in full gear, he's going to lose because he's weak. And he's concerned with battering him and not enough with winning. Um, even if he does change his ways, MJF is still a better wrestler than he is. Nobody can beat him, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then uh, Darby actually gets on the mic. Um, and uh, and says, uh, sorry, my computer is fucking up right now. That's okay. Says- Please just call him by his name, Darby Avant-Garde. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. I'm so hear sorry. Ye, hear ye. I feel that thou dost want to be angry tonight and fight you, Maxwell. When did he become British? I don't know. This fucking promo was way too fucking long for me. Holy shit. Well, I want to cut to the end because I don't even remember. Darby Allen basically says that, uh, you know, he's going to keep his cool and they will have a wrestling match, but he'll take it out on MJF right now. And um, MJF starts to hightail it, but Sting comes out with a bunch of random dudes in avant-garde wig uh, masks. Oh, that's right. My apologies. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, as uh, as MJF starts to make his way back to the ring, Wardlow and Spears start to brawl with Sting and the Darby masked guys on the stage. But MJF leaps the barricade. They brawl. Uh, him and Darby brawl in the crowd. Uh, Darby gets thrown up against uh, the wall. They start to go back to the ring, and Darby throws MJF into the barricade. They brawl a little bit more in the crowd, and then Darby hits a running clothesline over the barricade that looked stiff as fuck. They get back in the ring. Darby tries to hit the coffin drop, but Max uh, hightails it through the crowd, and we go to break. So, Matt, while I agree with you that the uh, segment was long and the promo was long, you know, um, boy, that shit they did afterwards, the brawling, was I was in on it. I thought that was fantastic. I mean, the the bump over the guardrail was great. The weird dudes in the mask, uh, all of a sudden they're just, you know, to 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 Jay Shell's point here. You know, she wants to know who the guys in the mask are and and why were they were there. Darby and Sting normally go at it alone. She's absolutely right. Every other week, it's the the what are they called? The pinnacle, uh, beating up on Darby and Sting, and now all of a sudden all these extras with these fucking stupid dumb things on their faces i don't know this whole thing just for me it missed the mark for me the bump was great i'm sure they're gonna have a great match at full gear i just felt like 
I, I hate to say it. Like, I'm starting to get tired of the fucking MJF promos. They're all the goddamn same. Yeah. No, I I don't disagree with you. I you know, I think they're just trying to build. Obviously, there this whole show is just to build to the pay per view in two weeks, right? So, like, you know, you kind of had to know what was coming. But I I agree. Like, I think MJF is great on the mic, but now we're starting to get the same thing week after week, running down the crowd, you know, running down, you know, his opponent and basically calling him the same as the crowd, right? Like, it's just the same shit over and over again. I'm I'm with you there, a hundred percent. I think they're building this right and. This should be a great match, but I'm with you. I think we need to maybe pump the brakes a little on uh, MJF. What if I had seats there and they made me move because Darby had to sit down for that promo? I'd be upset. You'd have to move. No. I paid for those goddamn seats. They'd probably go to the guy next to you who wasn't so cranky. You see the kid in the wheelchair they almost ran over a hundred times, too? Man, if the if you were in the wheelchair and they ran you over, you'd probably be so fucking excited. Me, yes, but I'm not a normal human being. That's correct. But what if that guy was into it? Remember the guy in New Japan? He would have been into it. Which one? The guy who was at the end of our row. Your best friend. You... Oh, did I make friends with him? No. No, but he agreed with everything you shouted. He liked me. He did. Guys, Matt was a little tuned up at New Japan and yelled some stuff. I wasn't there for it, but that's why I hear. I actually liked a lot of this MJF promo. I like his ability to lead the crowd a lot. Uh, he He's really good at casually being like, uh, I, I come out here and it makes me sick that you're constantly chanting his name. And then they do. They chant his name. Like He's very good about gently guiding people into those things. I really liked him saying, you're more concerned with... Uh, battering me than beating me that seems like a very good mjf way to say i use ring psychology and you use insane physical flippy do shit without being like oh we're done with flippy do shit so there were things that i really liked about the mjf side of this the darby thing i liked i was just glad they did a promo because mjf is so full-throated that it was nice to see darby just responding in real time I thought, uh, this is just kind of a classic case of like a high school jock and the outcast kid going at it. Like, I think that's a pretty good story. I'm looking very forward to the match because I think that in the ring is going to be absolutely awesome. So I disagree. I There were a lot of things I like about it, but I get what you're saying of the, you're getting tired of the insulting the crowd, the turkey tits. I, I understand where you're coming from with that stuff. But I think the other half of that is, the the Darby story has been the same where it's like this guy you can't break him physically so now everybody's trying to break him mentally like that's also getting a little worn out but I I'm excited for the match and I I kind of kind of did like this actually I also want to be clear like I think that MJF is really good at cutting promos I just think now it's becoming formulaic right and almost sure. kind of like the same thing that we're saying hey Jericho like you know, be better than the high school humor. Like, you know, it's sort of the same thing, right? Are, why are they going to break the formula if every time MJF starts to run down the crowd, they just boo louder, right? So they're just going to keep doing it. But it's become just so formulaic that it's it feels tired, right? But he's great. I love, I love what he's doing. It's just it's repetitive. Get a little yeah. tired. Yep. That's fair. Uh, Shlong, any anything to add here? I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, the the brawl after again, I'm with everyone. 
who the hell were the guys and why did they have those weird masks on? I have an answer. Um, okay. Mike says they were the other members of Darby's nighttime film studies class at the local community <laughs> college. <laughs> that honestly makes the most sense. The Avant Guardians. Avant Guardians of the Galaxy? The Cleveland Avant Guardians. <laughs> I thought it was the so, New York, New Jersey Avant Guardians. Well, maybe t- <laughs> they're, they're two guys from the XFL that Darby Allen stole but to to play devil's advocate i don't like it either because it was weird but maybe he was like hey these pinnacle guys are always attacking us maybe we should be prepared that might make sense i don't know seems weird but after mjf was walking away he kept checking his nose i guess he got hit all i kept thinking is he's probably wishing he had a bloody nose so that it would go down his white shirt because that would be a great image so like he kept looking and looking at his hand i'm like sorry bud it's not bleeding yet. It's like a hockey player when he gets a high stick and he's cheering for blood. Like, sorry, dude. On uh, MJF's promos, I agree. I just, this feud had the chance to do it and it didn't. I wish it had gotten a little more personal for him. Maybe next That would have taken it to a different level where, like, if you hit the personal level with him, he doesn't really go there. That would be great. Well, we do definitely still have next week, so we'll see if they... Cut this again next week, but moving on, we get our big match Andrade versus Cody Rhodes. Um, Malachi Black is barred from ringside. Cutting to the finish here, Andrade Alila wins by pinfall with that hammerlock DDT. Um, and uh, that happened because uh, Cody was going for a dive outside, uh, he got distracted uh, by uh, Jose. On the ringside, Arn pulls him off, and then Cody goes for the dive, and uh, FTR hiding under the ring with their AAA tag belts, and as Cody dives through, they clock him in the face. Um, he gets rolled back in, and that's how Andrade gets the win. Post-match, Tully gets in the ring with FTR. They hold up Cody for uh, Andrade to lay out, uh, and uh, Arn Anderson comes in, shoves Tully. Blanchard starts to take off his jacket. Um, and they're going to explode, but then the Lucha Brothers come down to the ring and brawl it out with FTR. FTR get to slip away, and we go to a break here. So, um, a little bit of shenanigans. This is what Malachi Black was laying those seeds for. Um, FTR still kind of in his pocket, I guess. Uh, Andrade's uh, pocket. And um, there still appears to be an issue here. But, guys, my bigger issue here is that clearly... Cody Rhodes isn't uh, isn't putting anybody over. He's getting all the wins. So he's like only making H. himself he's only making himself look good. So, um, you know, just Cody being Cody. Matt, what did you think of this? I thought this match was phenomenal, and I think I don't understand. I I don't I I would love to sit down. It's very much like the Roman Reigns hate back in the day. It's like, why do you hate Roman Reigns? And people would say, because. Because why? Just because. I don't understand the Cody hate. He's not winning. He's not running around with championships. He's putting everybody over. His matches are fun. Uh, I, I The Andrade-Cody chemistry I thought was good. Um, and it's like, man, you I forgot that Andrade was in AEW. And it's like, this is fucking great. Like, they have this guy, and he's in this kind of, like, mid-card feud right now. Like, their talent level is unbelievably deep. 
and, and this was a super fun match. And I love the stuff with FTR uh, and this weird working relationship with, with the pinnacle and MJF and the money changing hands. And clearly FTR is going to triple down to Mexico to defend those triple a titles. So maybe Andrade is there with them. Cause I know Vicky is going down with FTR too. Um, she will be their manager in triple a, not Tully. So I, I don't know. I just really liked it. I thought it was fun and it was, it was a good time for me and Cody lost. So I don't understand. I'm with you. I don't know. I'm with you. Where's my Lex Luger drop? I don't know. Um, I don't know. There you go. (laughs) I will say this. Uh, I popped really hard during the match when Andrade locked in Pop Pop's figure four leg lock. That was a great move. Keeping it in the family. Uh, Kate, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I thought this this match was great. I don't understand why people are so mad about one like kind of mediocre promo either, but now I think it's more become a combination of things. I think Malachi Black is just so damn cool that people wanted to cheer for him, so they just ended up booing Cody uh instead of going the both these guys route. And then I think when Brandy came out the heel tunnel at Arthur Ashe, I think people thought, "Oh, this guy's turning heel, so now I'm kind of supposed to boo him." And I think the story that we're going to get out of it is going to be an unbelievable Cody Rhodes promo of him saying, I gave you everything that you asked for. I've got on my back to these guys. I changed the course of pro wrestling and this and you and you booed me. So fuck all you guys. I think we're going to get one of those. And I think it's going to be an all time Cody Rhodes promo whenever they decide to do that. But to your point, it's kind of Roman Reignsy or John Cena y, where it's like people I think just didn't love the archetype that he was leaning so hard into. And I think, uh, like, you can be really great at your job and people are just going to hate you just for that. Like, <laughs> that's kind of what's happened here. But if they're smart, what they'll do organically is, is make that a part of the story because it's true. And I, I think Cody would be phenomenal with that. Oh, Swan. yes. Same Z's, same Z's, Stan Grub. I, I, I'm a Cody fan, so I loved this match. Um, we've been over it a lot. On, I don't understand the hate at all. He buries no one. Quite opposite. Um, love all the aftermatch stuff. Love the stare down between Arn and Tully. Love the beat down. Um, it, did anyone else notice the the post match fight between the Lucha Brothers and uh, FTR was a little sloppy? Couldn't get on the same page there. <laughs> But overall, I love the story they're telling. Um, I love, I mean, I Cody tells good stories, whether people want to acknowledge it or not. Every match, everything, every storyline is really well told. So I'm very curious to see where they go. I love what they're doing with Andrade now, which is basically he hires people out to do his dirty work. That is such a great character for him. Um, and he's so good in the ring that he doesn't play uh chicken shit heel. He plays like I'm super good in the ring. And then if I don't think I could beat you, well, I'll just go pay someone to help me out. It's, it's perfect. I love everything about this. Yeah. Clearly this uh, isn't over <clears throat> between Cody and Andrade and uh, FTR and uh, the Lucha brothers are going to get their match at full gear. Uh, so there's still a lot to be resolved uh, back from commercial silver is being interviewed in the ring by uh, Tony Schiavone and uh we find out that Silver is going to get uh, Adam Cole, uh, and Tony asks, uh, 
Tony wants John Silver to kick Cole's ass. Silver uh, starts cracking jokes about uh, what he's suggested that Adam Cole do. They pull the budge thing to the mainstream, um, you know, shaving his head, being a manager for the Dark Order, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so we're going to get Adam Cole and uh, John Silver. Uh, we also get a Penelope Ford Red Velvet video package for their TBS tournament match. And then the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, makes his entrance to join commentary for the main event, which is Miro versus Orange Cassidy in the number one contenders tournament semifinals match. Cutting right to the finish here, they basically make uh, they make mention of uh, Orange Cassidy's ribs being hurt uh, back from when Matt Hardy did it in their uh, ladder in the ladder match, um, and he re-injured them and uh, you know had a tough time with Hobbs. So they were basically setting up the fact that it's going to be tough uh, hill to climb for Orange Cassidy. He does lose this match. Miro wins by submission with the game over. And post match, Danielson makes his way to the ring. Stares down Miro, offers a hand, but the Redeemer backs away. And that is the end of the show. Matt, what would you think of the main event? I think it went the way I thought it was going to go. Uh, I think when Miro puts smaller guys in the game over, it looks a thousand times better than when he does it to somebody who is a, a little bit. <laughs> man, he fucking he wrenched back on uh, on Orange, and Orange went with him, and it looked fucking fantastic. Um <clears throat> Hardy being ringside fit the story. I didn't have any problems with it. I figured Miro would win. That weird almost count out thing uh, almost got me. So that was fun. So I thought it was a good good little main event. I get like annoyed when I like look up and it's like 950 and the main event is starting. And I'm like, oh, like if they just cut a little bit of that Jericho stuff and that MJF promo, yep. maybe these guys would get a couple more minutes. But then they work the whole everybody's taped up and hurt angle. So I get it. But I just, you know. I'm the clock watcher, so I see like 10 minutes left. I'm like, oh, man, it's over. God dang. Yeah, especially when they're talking, especially when they're talking like, oh, they're, we'll go late into hockey if we have to. It's like, you know you're not going late into hockey. Nope. Don't fucking play that game. Kate, what do you think of the main event? I'm with Matt and that I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of it because I think there were several places they could have cut from the show to make that time happen. But I thought this was really good. I think the spot where they both went through the table with Orange Cassidy on top, like I thought that was really, really well done. And I also kind of bit at the, the count out because this was not what was planned. So I didn't know maybe they were going to give Orange Cassidy a kind of cheap victory here. And then Miro is raging and you can go back to that feud after the tournament's over. So I did kind of bite because I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure of the booking. I figured this is where it was going to go. I like Danielson being on commentary and not being a distraction and just being there for the go home shot. That was really nice just to have the guy who's out there scouting but not pulling any tomfoolery because Brian Danielson doesn't need to. He's the best of the world at this. So I think uh, all Whoa. of that made sense. Whoa, he's that's his gimmick infringement, right? Best in the <laughs> world. Whoa. Also, to kind your of. point, to your point, Kate, about him being on commentary, not being distracting. Like, I thought he actually. Like at one point during that countdown segment when Miro just made it back in, he was like, you know, this is why this is how important it is. You know, he's building kind of like, 
you know, the drama and the importance of what these guys put on this uh, opportunity. Right. So I thought he also did a good job with that. Right. It wasn't just kind of wrestling stuff. It was like, this is why it's so important to everybody involved with this. Right. They get back up and, and make their way. And so I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, Schlong, what'd you think? I really enjoyed it. Um, I actually fully expected Miro to lose because I thought they were going to drive him even further into insanity since it wasn't planned to have him be in the match at all to begin with. But I like that. he. I mean, I'm not against him winning because, you know, him versus uh, Bridie is going to be awesome. Uh, Orange Cassidy is a very protected figure, so beating him is a big deal. Uh, it's not like a minor thing, but of course he's hurt, so they did try to, you know, cover it that way. But, I mean, I have no, no complaints. It was a solid match. Like Matt said, it was only 10 minutes, so you didn't have a ton of time. But... I'm very curious to see what they do with Miro because I don't think he's going to beat uh, Danielson. So what happens when he loses? Does he go more insane? Does he go down like a? And I say very curious in a good way. Like I'm very interested where his plot can go because I clearly don't think anyone expects him to win, considering he wasn't in the tournament to begin with. So when he loses, what level of crazy does he go to? And I'm very excited to see that. That's funny because I think he'll win. He didn't mm. have to go through anyone else in the tournament. He's well-rested. And if Adam Page is going to beat Kenny Omega, what better way to build up a huge monster heel for him to first wrestle than have Miro beat fucking Brian Danielson? Brian Danielson's not there to collect championships. He's there to work with these guys and put them over. So I think, like, and it would surprise the shit out of a lot of people if Miro beats Brian Danielson and he's first to challenge Adam Page and Adam Page can overcome Miro. Adam Page just beat the guy that just beat Brian Danielson. Holy shit. This is a bona fide world champion. And then you can always, you know, have Brian Danielson down the road, or we can pick up Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, uh, just wrestling over who's the better wrestler. A lot of different ways this could go. Because I thought, and we talked about it Monday night, that maybe this was going to turn into a John Moxley heel turn. With he yes. runs through Orange Cassidy tonight, and then he is just a son of a bitch at full gear. And then you can set up page and a very angry John Moxley. Yeah, I I think I don't remember who I was talking to about it, but I said this. You know, we were talking about it. And it was kind of the same thing. Is the vision I I had was Moxley getting through and then almost heel turning in his win over Danielson, right at full gear. Um, but that's clearly not in the cards now. So we'll see how they pivot, but. As you like to say, Matt, there are a lot of spoons in the porridge. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they go, but they can go a lot of ways. And uh, they're pretty good at, at kind of figuring these things out. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, that was Dynamite. Uh, they did announce for Rampage. And I think I said Penelope Ford before. So pardon me, that was a, that was a mistake. We're going to get Red Velvet versus the Bunny, not Penelope Ford. Red Velvet versus the Bunny in a TBS uh, title tournament match. We're going to get silver versus Adam Cole, and we're going to get CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. And that will be a live Friday night rampage. I'm um, so yeah. Kate's <laughs> Kate's couch is going to literally explode as she's sitting on it. She's going to be just vibrating with excitement. Just so much. It's going to just... cause friction on her couch. And then the whole thing's going to be engulfed in flames. Dang. 
Punk was my favorite promo when I started watching, and Eddie Kingston was my favorite promo since Punk. Like, I don't... <laughs> what? 2021 yeah. wrestling, guys. Well, it was... Um, it'll be interesting to see what the go-home uh, Dynamite looks like next week. Um, not many news and notes from the week, but uh, a couple things that came up. Uh, we talked about Mox, so we don't need to go through that again. Jim Ross said he hopes to work through his radiation treatments for his skin cancer. Um, he was talking about it, I guess, on uh, the Grill and JR podcast um, and says that uh, he doesn't plan on missing any work, according to his doctors. Um, it's just a matter of dealing with the issues, gritting your teeth and moving on. That's kind of what he's doing. Um, and uh, he says the good thing is there's no chemotherapy. So that helps with all these after effects and things of that nature. He's handling it, dealing with it. Uh, I've dealt with it more and uh, I've dealt with more and will continue to persevere. So we shouldn't hopefully see uh, JR miss any time due to his treatments. Uh, the Blade also opened up this week uh, about dealing with anxiety and depression. He uh, put up an Instagram post. Uh, he said, my name is uh, Jesse uh, Gilmeet, uh, and I struggle with anxiety and depression, anxiety, depression, and confidence issues. I noticed an extreme spike in these feelings during the pandemic, which also made me realize I've suffered from these issues all my life. I just didn't recognize what they were until then. So I reached out for some help. From some friends and family, tried a couple therapists and thought I had under control from self-management until I had another spike recently. So I took more drastic measures this time and talked to the executives at All Elite Wrestling. Getting the courage to speak up uh, to them was more difficult than it sounds, and I'd like to express a huge thank you to... Uh, I don't, these are all Instagram handles, so I don't know who they are, but he mentions a couple people and uh, Tony Khan and everyone at AEW. Uh, when I'm not feeling the best, I simply remember that every response I've received from the people I've opened up to has been incredibly positive and supportive. It feels good to tell you this and to take off my mask. It helps to talk about my struggles instead of holding them inside, and I'm feeling more confident and comfortable around people. Thank you for listening. Sorry I've been distant lately. I love you and I can't wait to see you soon. So the blade has been dealing with some things. Glad to see he's opened up about them to the people who need to know. And he seems to be getting some help. So good for the blade. Good for him. And the last thing that came out, there were some rumors this week that, um, um, there's going to be a TNT special January 8th, 2022. That is the rumor. Uh, according to Matt Men's Andrew Zarian, uh, the word is that with Clash of the Champions unavailable due to a trademark from the E, the company is said to be considering the title Battle of the Belts. So we'll see what happens, but that is right now rumored to be Saturday, January 8th, 2022 on TNT. So we'll see what happens. Cool. That's it. I got nothing for I got nothing for you. That's okay. This is almost three hours long. So cool. Well, again, if we didn't talk about figures and soda and there's a lot to talk about today. I know. Well, you know. It's all good. Um man, Kate, what do you got going on? What do you want to plug? Oh my god, so much stuff. <laughs> um myself and Hannah will be taking over the distraction tomorrow at Fightful, so tune into that. 
Jaycelle, who is in our chat, is going to be one of the guest spots along with a bunch of other really wonderful people. So tune in at that 3 p.m. tomorrow, uh, Friday, I will be doing a W Rampage and Smackdown with Sean Ross Sapp on Fightful. And Tuesdays, I'll be back with Alex Pulaski doing Sour Graps after NXT, slowly losing my mind and tweeting shitty takes apparently during the show. So join us. Uh, It's fun. What is this distraction podcast about? Uh, the distraction is hosted normally by Jeremy Lambert and Joe Holbert. Uh, they can't be bothered to show up to work tomorrow, apparently. It <laughs> might be because Joel is on vacation and Jeremy thought it would be cool to hand it over to us. But they they have a lot of fun over there. They basically treat it like it's its own wrestling federation half the time. They've done media calls, which has been hilarious. I did the CM Punk pipe bomb once that news broke as a cold open before that. So uh, we're looking forward to that tomorrow. It's myself and Hannah... And it's an all-female run show, which was the the goal for Jeremy. And he's been healing pretty hard against women as a joke leading up to this and getting a lot of shit for it. So we're going to set the record straight tomorrow because he's not actually a sexist. Uh, he is giving us the entire platform. But it's an absolute blast. So we're looking forward to that. He thought it was going to be a good question, a good idea to hand it over to you to run tomorrow? I mean, I question him for that judgment. Uh, so do Hannah's, I. Hannah's great, but <laughs> it should it should be a blast. And uh, he's convinced that we will do good despite their demographic of bearded white guys, as he has said this whole time. So looking forward to it. I mean, you do a <laughs> podcast with three kind of bearded white guys. Are you bearded, Schlong? What do you got going on over there? Kinda, it's a good, I got a go, go goatee. It's just very gray at this point. All right, all right. Okay, Mike says last night on Twitter was absurd. It was. Okay. It was. There were a lot of I people just wish death upon me for things, which is not cool. Oh, that it's means you made it. Good for you. It doesn't mean that I made it right. Somebody made a burner count to harass me. That's another sign that I've made it. Listen, just like 50 Cent, many men, many, 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 many men wish death upon you. So you've made it. True. I'm just taking care of my chickens and my mental health, you know? So. There you go. <laughs> yes. Matt, what do you got going on? Uh, we are on our way to the 10-year anniversary show, November 22nd, for the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. Nelly! You just Nelly. threw Nelly. Nelly's, Nelly's not. She's not doing well. She's really fucking pissing me off. Um <laughs> Buster's been pissing me off the past two days. She's been opening the door up here. Muda's been getting in the bedroom. I had to stop a cat fight at 6 o'clock this morning. Just leave the fucking door shut, Nelly. Go to sleep, you dummy. Nelly's the cat, by the way. Uh, November 22nd, 10-year anniversary show. We are rocking and rolling on the Shining Wizard Wrestling podcast. Uh, We just had Paro and Earl Joseph on the show last week. I know you don't know who Earl Joseph is, but if you have the time, please check out the episode. He is a very entertaining character who's doing uh, independent wrestling out in Indiana. And then, of course, Paro is one half of the end. Uh, and we have a great, great conversation with him. Um, this week, we have Christian Rocco, who I talked about last week. He was like 12 when he uh, met us at like a wrestling convention. Now he's a wrestler down at the Monster Factory. So he's joining us at 7 o'clock. And uh, Taylor Rust, uh, formerly of Diamond Mind and now I guess still employed by ring of honor is joining us uh, at eight o'clock. And then the week after that, the 15th, we have Vincent uh, from ring of honor and Frightmare, 
nice. so that should be fun. And then the 22nd is going to be uh, super duper extravaganza. So at Wizards Podcast on all social media, give us a follow. Check us out. If you enjoy this show, uh, you might enjoy The Shining Wizards. I don't know. I can't speak for what I do. you like. Kate likes it. <laughs> Anthony likes it. Ryan likes it. So I don't know. If you like this show, check us out. Monday nights. Two things, Matt. One, is the 10-year anniversary show going to be the surprise night that you call it quits? Like, as a show, like, we've just celebrated 10 years. Now we're hanging it up. I hope not, because I got fucking copious amounts of notes for next year, and I just put together <laughs> the schedule for next year. Uh, it would be amazing if all of a sudden it's like, we can't do this anymore. No, <laughs> that's why I wasted his time. Remember that uh, I sent you guys a text the other day. I was going through all the old emails to uh, update my my email list. And uh, I came across an email that Alex Abrahante sent to the Shining Wizards in like 2016. And uh, I either never saw it or we just ignored him. So <laughs> Whoops. We, were, we were dealing with problems at the time. We had a little bit of the, uh, we're like, uh, what are this? We had like a giant skin tag that was part of the Shining Wizards and we couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. And we finally got rid of it. So there you go. Good way of putting it. Yeah. Also, skin tag, good one. Also, um, you know, just let me know what time you want me on that show because as the first person who got a sign on television, I mean, I should, I should get booked. I mean, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. But do you want to do like a, this, type of deal or do you want to actually go to the studio oh is that an option i've never been to studio a once we can get back to the studio yes it's a thousand percent an option <laughs> we'll talk we'll take this off air we'll have our my people call your people we'll work it i out. would like to mention that i wore a shining wizard shirt while holding the AEW championship thank you very much it means nothing yeah but anthony got this the shining wizard sign on a live raw and it was on the live raw for three hours a lot i was the champion for oh my decade. god yeah Jesus but you didn't Christ. nobody saw it unless you were on the boat kate i'm sorry this i'm gonna have to go uh side with anthony on this one whatever i know where tony lives i'm inviting myself over i would like to also put over your interview with Paro because i consider myself uh an aware person i try to be in tune with social conversations and I still feel like I learned a lot from what Paro had to say. So definitely, definitely seek that out. It was very enlightening. Um, and yeah, you're going down the stretch to 10 years, buddy. Hell Ooh. yeah. Woo. Shlong, what are you doing on Monday and Tuesday nights? I am live tweeting elevation and dark because I have no life. No, 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 not true. You are fantastic. Fantastic at the live tweeting and you are I'm going to put you over song. You're the reason why at Mark order pod on Twitter is as successful as it is. You are interactive. You are very positive. You are insightful. And I think you do a fantastic job. Well, thank you, Matt. I would yeah. say every once in a while, Schlong throw out a completely, completely opposite take just to start <laughs> the fucking, to, to get the fuel on the fire. You know what I mean? Like you're super positive, but just one time, just like set off a nuclear bomb and throw out a completely opposite take of everybody else and then just start let let the fires burn. Just say this would be better if it was college football players <laughs> instead. If this was NFL alumni instead of independent wrestlers, this programming would be better. And then just you would be that, you know, the Elmo meme where it's on fire in the background. <laughs> Do you do you guys realize that wrestlers aren't even the best athletes? They need to be pulling in athletes from other sports. 
There it is. That's perfect. Yeah, just start every once in a while, throw that out there and just watch it burn. Just the nuclear take. Just oh, yeah. And tell everybody that the glove is blue instead of gold. No, it was a dress, wasn't it? Whatever. Stupid <laughs> shit. Oh, boy. Fucking I could tell you guys something. Shit. Um, fucking fucks. Jesus. Fuck. I know where Ryan is going to be on Tuesday, November 9th at 10 p.m. Up and them guts. Yes. He well, maybe, but uh, but Ryan and I will be appearing on the Bammer Slammer podcast. It's their AEW uh, full gear preview show, so we'll be part of the panel there. So you can check us out on the Bammer Slammer podcast. Bammer um, Slammer. Are they from Alabama? I mean. I'm assuming so. they roll tied with a name like Bammer Slammer. It'd be real gonna, weird if they weren't. You guys are going to embarrass them with the amount of teeth in your mouth. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Would I you don't... please, Matthew? What? You just start to heal real fast at the end of this. He does. He what? does. Fun. He gets so cranky. No one's cranky. I feel great. I'm going to process this. I'm going to go sit in front of the fire. The fire's blazing downstairs. Look at that. That's because you didn't touch it. No, I'm not allowed to touch the fire in the house. I do. I know. Fire. Or outside. We're outside. Hogwash. Um, and then I just got to plug it again. You could follow uh, the Mark Order podcast on our social media at Mark Order Pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Find us on YouTube or find us on Facebook. We've got these awesome stickers that are free. If you DM us on any of our socials, just give us your name and address. I will send them out to you worldwide. Wherever you are, you can receive some stickers. So just hit us up for that. Uh, Ryan and I eventually one day will work out all the details behind uh, an additional show we're going to do for the Darks because we like talking about Dark. Even though Ryan's awesome at live tweeting it, we like to talk through it. So we'll be keeping you updated on that. Stay tuned to socials. We just got to figure out some of the production stuff. Thank you to everybody in the chat tonight. We had a lot of interaction. Oh yeah, that was really uh, I want to I want to throw this up. Rob Humphrey said, uh, first time catching the show live. This was fun. Thanks for entertaining. Thanks for the entertaining show." <laughs> and Aunt Money, you can rock that bikini if you want. Thank you, Rob Humphrey. <laughs> You've completely come back. You've made a full U-turn. You're back on the on the good list. Um, but again, if you are listening to us in podcast form, we appreciate it. Subscribe, like, rate, review, wherever you listen to podcasts. Help drive us up in those uh, in those algorithms. Uh, but also, if you don't catch us out, uh, catch us live on Wednesday nights at 1015. Um, you can go to our YouTube or Facebook or uh, our Twitter and the video feeds are up for you to watch whenever you'd like. So you can see all this crazy shit we're doing on camera. Yeah, and we're also available podcast form on all podcasting so I, platforms. Oh, did you just say that? So I literally just said this guy's <laughs> not listening to a goddamn word. I'm saying I was just pushing Tony Shivani's head. Uh, where can we listen to this Bammer Slammer gimmick? Uh, I'll put it out there. I know they have a they have a YouTube channel. Uh, so I'll I'll I'm gonna put it out on our socials. I just want to make sure I got the right place. They have a um, funny accent. No, I don't believe so, man. Who am I to judge? You think yeah. they've ever eaten an alligator? I've eaten alligator. So have I, but I feel like it's a delicatessen down there. You mean alligator? Or a crocodile? That would probably be more of Florida. What's that, eating them? Or the lizard? The reptile? <laughs> My God, what the fuck are we doing? Jesus Christ. Know. 
We will be what? back. Oh, I got you. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, uh, just let me know when. But we'll be back next week. Hold on, give me a second. This on the Mark Order podcast. Jesus. Thank you. On the Mark so schlong and good night. No, shut up. We're here every Wednesday night at ten fifteen. Matt, you good? You? Yeah, you ready? Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Goodbye and good night. This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.